everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 230 are open. This week on the show, we've got a very special guest. He's the host of the Nintendvania podcast that is also from South Australia. I believe this is his first time on the main show, but we've done plenty of episodes with him. Josh, welcome to the show, my friend. Drew, how you going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for... It's the first one on the actual proper show. Yeah, I thought that. We've done a few episodes before. We've uh, talked about Reggie's book. Where, uh, we we yeah. do a, uh, a podcast on our Patreons called Heaps Good. We're doing a few things together. Really enjoying it. We did the Stray Review as well. We're collaborating, Drew. We're content yeah. creators doing our thing. So, uh, yeah, just... But there's, there's no replacement for the original House of Mario. So uh, thanks for having me on. Is that my cat in the background? I don't, oh, yes, it is. It's, uh, got a, it's about to rip a plant over. Please excuse me just for a second. Yeah, no, you better, you better deal with that. So looking at Josh's uh, camera here, his cat is literally going to make a big mess of his shelf. So he's just, he's getting it. And usually when Josh and I do a podcast together, the cat is going all over his keyboard. It's doing the typical stuff you would normally see a cat do. And during our Stray review, you know, that game's all based about a cat. Um, it was very present in that episode, so that was fun to do. But maybe not a great idea if it's pulling over Josh's shelf. Looks like it's got lots of I'm CDs. So sorry. Is it CDs and stuff on that shelf you got over there? or? Um, this is That's Mickey's bookcase. Oh, and that's so books. Got, right, right. Um, DVDs, um, mm. Blu-rays, a few like manga kind of things, um, and then plants because we thought, Let's elevate the plants half a meter so the cat can't get to them because mm. they're probably poisonous because most of the, most plants are. Yeah, yeah, to cats. But um, mm. our cat's just been horrid this week, L- literally horrid, just trying to knock everything over. I've had amiibo fall over. I've had my Doctor Who DVDs fall down. The cat just uh, is crazy. <laughs> it honestly, it's driving me bonkers. So she's locked in the laundry now for the next uh, 90 to 2 hours you know, 90 minutes to two hours yep. well that's the thing well well you've been playing stray on the tv you've been like exploring the world checking out what's going on and then the cat's like huh i'm gonna try that it looks like a lot of fun uh, josh has the controller the thumbs on the sticks is obviously allowed to do this so i'll do it in his home too honestly like i'm just being the most evil cat in that game and so the cat's just like yeah it's like free reign <laughs> well, it's all right it must mean i can do it too yeah, uh, my Teeth my cat's um. Don't know where my cat is at the moment. It doesn't really come in this room much. If it comes in this room, usually <laughs> it means like, you know what? I my bowl's been empty for at least twenty four hours, Drew boy. It's time to fill it up, like pronto. That that's that's what happens when it comes in this room. But apart from that, it's pretty safe. Pretty good. Mm. We got I mean, so I'll take that. Yeah, we got so many plants in this house as well. Chantel's all about her her plants. I'm like, oh look, we got a whole corner just dedicated to this monstrosity of a plant. <laughs> Like how, we could put a shelf there. We could even we could put a bean bag. We could just put nothing. That'd be nice as well. But we've got, we've got a big plant. But the, the cat he doesn't. Don't like, eat, don't like plants, do you? Do you? Is that? A- I don't mind plants, but you should see this thing. It takes up like half the lounge room. I'm like okay. we, could put, we could put a second TV there. I don't know. We could put anything there. I just don't, I don't know about the plant. <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps her happy. So that's the main hey, thing. Well, that, happy wife, happy, happy life. life. That's all right. That's all right. It's definitely a true sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah it's good that you're going well josh um so um, yeah like you, you can't in the laundry what's going to do in the laundry for the next like it's going to start meowing and scratching and pooing and pissing and is well it, gonna- it can 
poop and pee in there because mm-hmm. the letter's in there. That's good. Um, it's got a little bit of climbing. We've got like a washing machine and a dryer and then like a little window there. So the cat will find something to keep it entertained. But yes, eventually you might hear some scratching and some meowing. But uh, she's been bad tonight. So she, she deserves it. Yeah, no, for sure. Animal get control, kicked. don't get mad at me. RSPCA, don't call. So, <laughs> she's fine. She likes it in there mostly. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I guess a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Um, got some episodes going up for Encore at the House of Mario on the second feed. Go and check it out. Got some episodes going up this week. I don't know what I want to title them, so it is what it is. <laughs> well, also got some... <laughs> Great plug. Check it out, guys. Look, I'm fucking awful at plugging my stuff, Josh. It, it just is what it is. And uh, we've got some episodes of Crack and Furfies going up as well. Just search Crack and Furfies on your podcast service. It's very much... Um, me after dark as far as podcasting goes we just sort of don't have any limits on that show just talk about whatever we want some stuff is very crude but um some people have been messaging me from like listeners of this show been like hey, i really enjoy that show it's just really funny i'm like well thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's good I, it's a uh, you're a bit of a larrikin on that show Drew. yeah it sounds like it all the lads are, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. get around it, guys. Everyone else, listen in. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, of course, uh, Bryce, he's not on this show. I believe his family's come down with COVID. I think they're doing okay uh, every now and again. Oh, sorry to hear. I've been sending him a message, being like, hey, how you going? He's like, not very good, mate. I'm like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 3 he's been playing, though. He put up a post on Twitter. He's about 50 hours in. So I just saw that. Yeah, that's... um. He's been talking to someone else in my Discord and they're just talking about things um, and they seem to be so deep into the game already. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is, I can attest to Xenoblade playing it sick. It's the perfect game to play while sick. So um, 50 hours in just over a week and a bit, that's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really, really impressive, impressive. Yeah, Because yeah. Uh, like last week I was really pushing um, when I was playing through Fire Emblem Warriors 3, Three hopes. I got like twenty five hours in the week. I'm like, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with that. Like, that's pretty good. Like, you that's know, decent. Pretty much five Full-time hours work. Yeah, like five hours a night type of thing. Like, you know, I was, yeah. I was pushing it. But dad duties, work duties. That's a uh, good timing to yeah. find gaming there as well. Maybe yeah. I could have doubled it if I got sick too. <laughs> Maybe got so you could have. Got to yeah. go. Got to go and lick, lick more light posts or something. <laughs> See if I can catch go, something. Go to Bryce right now, Drew. Yeah, Just maybe, ask him maybe to cough not. In your face. Yeah, maybe not that one. I'll, uh, okay, not the COVID. I'll, I'll wait till he's got over that to embrace his sweet hugs. Oh, you care <laughs> about the people you love. That's the, uh, yeah, that's true. You don't yeah. want to get them sick. But, uh, yeah, that's the issue. Hold me back <laughs> from embracing, <laughs> embracing it. Yeah, well, I avoided my parents for a week to not catch it. Well, over a week, so I'm not going to embrace Bryce. But uh, yeah, I guess with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, man, you've been playing it a bit too. You have to wait for your special edition copy to come in without the special edition contents, which is always a, a funny situation with everybody that ordered that so edition. Weird. Yeah. The, yeah. The most, uh, you know, the, the, the most diehard fans, I would call them. I wouldn't call myself the most diehard, but I was very excited for it. But uh, um, I, I know they don't promise it will arrive on the day. And so I fully expected it to come later. It was... Uh, you know, I, I just got to Saturday, the day after release, and I'd finished two, and I was just ready to jump into the next thing, and then I just couldn't quite, you know? So I had to make do for a couple of days. So, mm. But I got there eventually. It was uh, Tuesday it arrived, and that is a very good game, Drew. If I can not convince you to play two like I did a few months ago, I'm going to try and convince you to, to play three. 
because I think um, I will one day. Uh, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is so like I think I've heard I heard Bryce the other week say um, we definitely recommend playing them in order, or you'll miss a few things with three. But three is just the most approachable. Um, uh, it approachable way to introduce you to the game in terms of the mechanics and. Um, some people might call it a bit handholded with the t- tutorials, but compared to two's just text, it's, mm. you know, I feel like I understand the game a lot earlier than I did with two. I, um, the story is just great. It's, it's reminding me of one in a lot of ways. And I think you played a bit of one. Yeah. You? About 10 yeah, hours into one, one. not too mm. much, but yeah. Enough to get the, the gist of what yeah. it's about. And, um, and you get that, those early vibes that this isn't a typical Nintendo game. It's something pretty special that, uh, Nintendo get to do by uh, giving Monoliths off the uh, opportunity to make it. So um very keen and excited to keep going with it and, and not rush. I'm keen to play this game and not have to rush to finish it by a certain point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it seems mm-hmm. to have come out at a pretty good time. Like August is pretty quiet for Switch releases. For me, it's not really that quiet because there's heaps of indie games coming out which I'm really interested in. Um, mm-hmm. For me, like Cult of Lamb and uh, Blossom Tales 2, I'm like, I cannot wait for those games. So I'm sort of, you know, I'm basically making business decisions. I'm like, well, I could just jump into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but, you know, I finished up Fire Emblem. I've just started Live Alive, which uh, I played um, I played one of the scenarios and actually really kind of surprised me. I played the modern day scenario when you play as like a fighter. It took me like half an hour to beat it and all it was is going like fighting probably six people and the story ended. I'm like, oh. That was it. Half yeah. an hour. Yeah, I expected okay. like a, I expected like a two-hour sort of story from each one, but yeah, yeah, that's what I would have thought. It's really, they, they, yeah. yeah. No, it's just really it, short. My like, oh well, don't know. Uh, it sort of first story left me wanting a lot more, but uh, you know, talking to a few people, it sounds like some of the other stories are a lot more in depth and more entertaining. Oh, well, that's good. Hopefully, this uh, modern day fighter bloke gets uh, a bit more when all the characters eventually meet up or whatever. But yeah. No, so yeah. just started playing Live Alive and with uh, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Uh, that game really surprised me. Last time we talked about it on the podcast, it was about 10 hours in and it ended up taking about 30, uh, 32 hours to beat. And it, it really did surprise me just with like once I got through all the tutorial and all that, like it just kept on feeding you like more and more. I'm like, all right. Like when I get, when it's like nine o'clock, I'm like, I want to start getting through this game. I'm like, oh, just stop. Stop teaching me things. Let me <laughs> let me hack some more stuff. But let me smash uh, some stuff. Pretty much. That's what's kind of what you want to do in the Warriors game is just go and dominate the battlefield. And yeah. um, once once you sort of got used to all of that and you knew all the mechanics for all the facilities, the battles, the leveling up your characters, the relationships, like there's sort of a, a lot going on. But once you get that, like it was a lot of fun. I found the gameplay mechanic really good and the story um, dragging me through and Definitely want to go back to the Three Houses because that's a title that I sort of dropped off. I've dropped off a lot of the Fire Emblem games. So like this game, I was like, I'm not dropping off. I'm I'm going to get through it. <laughs> so I was pretty pretty determined. I'm I'm glad I did. I think it's probably it, it's hard because I'm such a massive Pokemon fan. I loved Legends Arceus, but I am wavering between that and this game as like my favorite Switch game this year. And that surprises me because I've never wow. been I've never been a Warriors fan. Even Zelda yeah. with Hyrule Warriors, I was, I was like. Mm, a little bit boring, like you know, just whatever. But mm. with uh, this way, it's got the 
Yeah. So I suppose it's got a bit more of the mechanics of Fire Emblem, doesn't it? And it's not just the hack and slash. So I suppose that's the is that the thing you're finding more appealing? Yeah, definitely. It just feels like a Fire Emblem game, but when you get into a battle, you're running around um, with Warriors combat. And mm. it's, it's definitely an advantage Koei Tecmo has because they were like the lead development team behind Three Houses and they were obviously the like the home of the Warriors series. So it's like a perfect match, basically. They're taking a series they're very, very familiar with and uh, blending it together. I never played uh, Persona Strikers, so I can't talk about that. Mm. I think that was um, a pretty good adaption of Persona, but I would say this is a definitely... It's made me interested in going back to the first Fire Emblem Warriors and the other Warriors games and maybe at some times where I'm not in the mood for like a really in-depth sort of learning experience. Like, for, for example, <laughs> like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would be for me, where it's like, oh my God, I'm just... I'm going back to school pretty much to play this game. Um, and it's nine o'clock at night and it's 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 bedtime um, in a, in an hour. I think I think I do want to go back and play some of the older games and you know just uh, put some he- podcasts on, hack some stuff up, and do that. I think that's going to be great. So yeah, late late night gaming. Um, you're right. You don't want to think. You just want to play. Go through the motion. Just something to to unwind, mm. not yet before bed. So um, the Warriors games would be perfect. Yeah, but uh, you know, Fire Emblem has its, especially Three Houses has its divergent paths, and then oh yeah, Three uh, Three Hopes here has different paths as well. Um, they're all weird and different, but yours is the most weirdest, Drew, playing this game before Three Houses, and so yeah, I know um, it's I'd really be weird. Very interested to get your thoughts after playing. I'm gonna say the proper Fire Emblem Three Houses game because uh, that's obviously Three Hopes is based on it, and um. Just, just the surprises, I suppose, you're going to get into because uh, what I hear, Byleth is, Byleth is very different. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. Three but, hopes to three houses. Like, so uh, it's on the front cover. Byleth, Byleth yeah. is like the antagonist, and yes. it's interesting too because, like, if you want a game that will last you for a very long time, like the game takes about 35 hours to finish, and that's one path. There's three paths you can take. Obviously, from like if you played three houses, you know you can pick one of the the captains. And then you can go along their mm. storylines, but also each path, there's a different choice you can make. So there's basically six paths you can go through. Mm. So what I've done is I, I looked at the chapters and I and I saw that there was a path that sort of diverges off. I'm like, okay, so I made a second save so I can go back and do that other path. But I thought I would just do however my story turns out. Like I wasn't going to like, like it's not like a PlayStation game where you're like, oh, I've got to get all the achievements so I'm going to make sure I do this and that. It's very yeah. nice just to be like, well, the story ends up how I want it to end up, and I I made the choice just about that. Well, this person who makes the story very different, you know, without spoilers, um, they're going down. I'm sick of them. I want them out the story. Whereas, you know, you can do something very different, and the story actually, I think it goes a, f- a couple of chapters longer if you go the other path, actually, because okay. there's a bit yep. more story involving that person still. But no, nah, mm. they're gone. They died in my game. Good. <laughs> See you later. Sign. All right. Yeah. So now I think a lot of people sort of skip this game because, you know, it's got warriors and we've seen Fire Emblem Warriors in 2017 and it was a pretty, it's a pretty mediocre title, to be honest. Like I played a bit of it and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, it didn't really excite anyone too much. It was a warriors yeah. game, but it, it utilized the weapon triangle, which was, it's cool, but it's like, oh, he's got a lance. I'll, I'll destroy him with this. It's all good. But mm. that was about it. But this one is a lot more in depth, just with everything that's going outside the battle. It's got everything from three houses that you really enjoy with the, you know, you go on expeditions in this game instead of tea parties. So, like, you go for a, 
go for like a, a horse ride out and I took Edelgard out for a bit of a trip and uh, I'm like, you know, I, I click the observe. Oh, this bit. <laughs> I, click, I put this on Twitter. I, I click the observe button and she goes, are you looking for a crack in my armor where a sword might slip through? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was actually. How did you know? <laughs> sword in quotations. Am I right, boys? <laughs> that was right. Euphemism yeah. at its finest. Yeah. No, I was like, I'm like, that is, that is on the nose. Yes. In, Nintendo um, and- Intelligent Systems and Koei Tecmo, very on the nose. I like it very much. They, they, they know p- their target market. They, yeah. they know what they're doing. Mm. It's uh, it's totally and 100% deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they introduced a brand new character, which um, wasn't in Three Houses, which is Shez, the character you play as. And you can choose between male and female like you came with Byleth. And I picked the male because, you know, some, some of the ladies in there, they... You know, might want to be um, might want to get a bit of shares up in there, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. So I picked the male character because a lot of the times I actually do like playing as the female. I I like playing as the female Byleth, for example. Whether it's in mm. even in Smash Brothers, I always make sure I pick the female one because pick the female. Yeah, no, it's just the I don't know the one I like more. Her her outfit's really cool. Um, I like both. It's I, I, and I'm gonna point this out now I, I hate that there was no female violet amiibo they had the male yeah amiibo. i i would have bought that they never but did the female one yeah so that, that always annoyed me they've got Stephen alex in minecraft coming up but no no female violet and they just did a wishy-washy oh sorry we couldn't do it like, well, you probably could have you just didn't try hard enough because mm. some of the other final characters where you can pick between male female what was the go of what i forgot the i never played the uh, the second Fire Emblem, like the mainline Fire Emblem game on 3DS. I'm forgetting uh, what it was called. Birthrights? Yeah, that one. So There's Awakening, Birthrights, and then an, uh, another one. Yeah, so These like, ones I haven't played, which yeah. they're on my list. Yeah, because yeah, uh, that, that was a protagonist where you could pick between male and female. I can't remember if they released a female version of that amiibo. Maybe they didn't. But it was like the... There's a Robin. The character Robin, is that the one you mean? Uh, I didn't, but yeah, I guess um, that that one could count as well. Was there a female I Robin amiibo? I'm trying to I'm trying to Google, like I know. Yeah, well, we got. You could be my guest and my Jamie, my producer, trying to look up my this stuff at the same time. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter anyway. All these, but, all these sword characters in this Smash Bros. game, geez, too many, too many. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with a, a good sword fighter. I don't know. Everyone's complaining about sword fighter. What What do you want? Do you want more? more you want a bloke with a fist? You want a bloke with a gun? You want a? It's a fighting game. Yeah, that's right. I, I got excited when Byleth got announced to Smash Bros. as well. I was I was very excited, and then yeah, everyone else is most people. I'm, I'm not going to group everyone saying everyone. Um, most people complained. I felt yeah when Byleth got announced. Yeah. Because I remember watching that live stream, and everybody was like, "Oh, is it going to be Crash Bandicoot?" Everybody was just <laughs> looking for like a spectacle. Like a lot of people that don't actually play Smash Brothers or aren't that invested in the game. They were just looking for a spectacle. And when it was just another Fire Emblem character, everyone's like poo-pooing it. But it's like it was the main Fire Emblem game on Switch. And I think that protagonist has a a very important role to play in the whole Switch ecosystem and it should be in Smash Brothers. Mm. Oh, for sure. And not only that, it was such a fun character to play as. It's one of my favourite characters and definitely probably my favourite DLC character. How they like used all the weapons, really? and you could like each sort of uh, direction and sort of utilize a different weapon, and it all sort of made sense. And you had like mm. 
could be really fast with like up B or real slow with um like the big I've got the name of the weapon now, but it's like a real slow like smash, the down B. I thought, I thought that was a lot of fun to play as, so hmm. yeah. It, it was cool. Different yeah, like you said, different weapons and so um some of the DLC characters and their special moves were great. I just, uh, yeah, you know, you just, the amount of time and effort that goes into thinking about the movesets in Smash Bros. Is, is unreal. And it's someone who doesn't really play the games properly. I sort of uh, just, you know, I'll, I'll play them briefly to appreciate the characters and see the movesets. And um, yeah, it's just, just, just really, really cool and special what it, what it came out to be, really, in the end, isn't it? Ultimate. Yeah. Because like with the characters, sometimes you expect like, oh look, they'll just do this, they'll kick and they punch. But when they, especially the DLC characters, like a lot of them had like their own special gauges and special mechanic to make them super unique. Like you know, Sakura on the team, they always went like way out of their way to um, you know, bring some of these characters to life, and I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Corin was the character. Corin, of course. Sorry. Everyone's going to hate us. Sorry. Send the hate mail towards Look, me. Look, it, it is what it My is. Bad. Like, um, it just is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I, I'll never claim to be a Fire Emblem expert. I, I want to I want to sort of get through the games. It is um, it is more of a series I've got to force myself to play, honestly. It's not something I gravitate towards like Zelda, Mario, Pokemon or anything like that. But it's the characters and the whole atmosphere. Just I, I love it so much. I just need to sort of fall in love with its um, like gameplay mechanics, I think. So, yeah, and, and they differ a little each game, don't they? And so, yeah, um, I suppose there's no guarantee whether you're gonna, yeah, fully like it. I suppose, but um, yeah, no, it's, I it's the 3ds ones I need to get into. It's uh, they're on my list there to uh, to pick up because three three houses is is unreal. It's um. Really enjoyed it. So I've heard great things about Awakening. So I think that might be the, the what, next What one. Uh, route did you go down for Three Houses? Uh, the Blue Lions with Dimitri, which yeah. is the correct choice to make. I will uh, continue to state this because uh, Mickey did not choose the Blue Lions at first and regretted it later on. And so I always oh. uh, bring it up with her. But, um, See, I, I did I did wrong. choose uh, the Blue Lions. Um, I knew you were, Drew. You're just, you're just a good man. You're, I never doubted you. I um, always picked the blue lines. And uh, but in the uh, Warriors, I just I I chose um the Black Eagles, and I feel like if I go back to Three Houses, I'll play the Black Eagles just to, you know, see the the real side of the story, I guess. And um, yeah, yeah. If in one, if I like it enough, I'll go back and play with Dimitri because I I really like um Dimitri. He's a, has an awesome voice. Like the voice actor mm. kind of nailed it. He has such a soothing voice and. I think the whole game is fantastically voice acted, but his voice, especially with like the back, like the music playing in the background, it's like, oh god, it hits me hard, man! And like deep and smooth, isn't it? It's, it's like so, a James yeah. L. Jones, yeah, s kind of voice. I don't know. I'm trying to, yeah, find a way to best describe it. But I'm, I'm with you. He's um, uh, very dreamy. Yeah, the eye patch. Oh, Dimitri. Ooh. Dimitri. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think um, if anybody's in my position where they're not like a massive Fire Emblem fan or they're not into Warriors. I think this game is really special, guys. I know it's been like, it's been out for over a month now, but um, I think I think it's definitely worth picking up and it's worth um, checking out if uh, any of those things interest you. But um, I sort of did catch you off a bit earlier, Josh, talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, sorry. But uh, like, how, no, how no, many, that's all right. How many uh, hours into that are you? And 
How are you finding them? I'm uh, just finished the first chapter, um, so I'm partway through the second one. Um, I reckon seven and a bit hours now I've just mm-hmm. cracked. So um, I'd still say I'm pretty early in. Um, this is going to be a long, long slog for me to sort of uh, play through. But um, uh, just just everything about it's just been really refreshing. And so um, I suppose I've come from two feeling a little I don't know, maybe butt hurt. You know, I, I enjoyed it well <laughs> enough. I I don't know. I didn't create the best scenario for me to play it in terms of forcing myself to finish the game before mm. uh, three came out. And so um did feel rushed at times, but I did have that week of uh, having the flu to, to, to get through it and that definitely helped. But um, I, I just definitely feel like they took on the feedback from two and applied it to three um, with those changes. And um. It's just a really, really polished uh, JRPG, and um, uh, just everything about it's been really fun to, to to play through and understand. It's you know even before I really had to force myself to finish too quickly, um, I was finding in that that I wasn't having as much sort of motivation to to explore, to find the different secret areas, and um, to definitely understand everything that was in the game. It, it felt like a chore going to the shops and buying the things and. Um, trying to work out why I need this thing to make my stats overall better, but but with this game, I'm I'm very much like it's like I naturally want to do it. I want to sort of explore. I want to play around with these things. And um, yeah, although the base sort of uh, combat's mostly the same, there's a bit of variety there now. Again, with um, you can change your classes between characters, and so um, you know you, uh, the main characters. Um, Noah, they've talked about this before, so it's not really a spoiler. So, like Noah, Mio, um, Lands, they're not just all uh, uh, attackers, healers, and defenders, respectively. They can change to become a def- healer or attacker or defender and sort of uh, level up stats wise that way. And it's a bit like three houses in terms of um, mm. that secondary stuff you can level up and, and get good in different yeah. sort of areas. And so I found that stuff um, really fun actually, like because mm. warriors does it as well. And I found yeah, like when I, when I towards the end of the game, I found a lot of fun just like, Oh look, you've fully maxed out that one. I'll go to a different class and max out yeah. this as well, because why not? And mm. I find that like, like a lot of fun. Do you find yourself in Xenoblade just like swapping around classes and experimenting much with each character or? Yeah, it's it's only just happened in the last hour of gameplay for me, so okay, I've just yep. um, come across it. It's um, it, it's cool, and so mm. um, again, it's the Xenoblade twist is like there's like it seems simple what I've just said, but there's a lot of of course yeah uh, underlying arts that you can change from it, and you can uh, do fusion attacks now, and there's a whole bunch of different things. I'll have to try and get my head around to work out. Um, what's good and there's compatibility certain characters are going to be better at certain sort of um actions and so um it's going to be a lot of trial and error and uh, i really don't mind so i think for for two if they introduced this to me and just did a text-based explanation i mean i probably would have had to watch a youtube video for someone to help me understand it a bit more whereas with this i haven't really gone to haven't really needed to do that yet so um it's good. So having a great time, no time pressure. So I, I don't feel like I need to finish this by a certain time now. So I'm, I'm probably going to play a hundred plus hours of this game and just enjoy every minute of, minute of it. I reckon. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way yeah. to play it. And I, I know for me that like, I just know I'll probably start playing it this month and like the next few months are looking pretty busy as far as 
you know, as far as, especially game releases go. So I just, I know I'd fall off of it if I started playing it now. And mm. I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm really in the mood for it either. I've got other things I probably honestly prefer to play, but it, it like for me, it honestly feels weird because usually I'm all over like Nintendo releases. It feels really weird being like, all right, I'll let, I'll let this one go. Like, you know, Bryce's, this is one of Bryce's favorite franchises. So he'll, you know, handle it as far as discussing it on, on the show yeah, or whatever. A bit of coverage there. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, just being, being a gamer, it's, it's really strange for me being like, oh, there's a Nintendo game coming out. I'm, I haven't bought it. It's really weird. It's, it's <laughs> it honestly just feels really strange because even um like at a director, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to be playing Advance Wars and Fire Emblem, Strikers, every single game that comes out, except for this, I'm like, I'll, I'll let it go because um, sometimes, honestly, sometimes when I'm like, you know, I'm at work and I'm thinking about what my what the games coming up I want to play are. Some games in the backlog, some like classic games I'd love to love to play. You know, it starts you start thinking about it. it sort of creates a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, my my gaming hobby shouldn't be even uh, close to creating anxiety. So shouldn't you know, feel like a job, should it? No, definitely not, and it's not a job. No. So. It's just, it's just you got to know your limits because if you want to play like all these JRPGs, well, all right, maybe, maybe yeah, step off it a little bit. I, I've made my choice. Yeah. I want to um, play Live Alive and Digimon Survive and um, get back to Atelier and uh, was it yeah, a few indie games? There's a lot of indie games coming out in August. It seems to be really busy. Even Splatoon and got to make some business decisions. You've, you've got no chance. You've uh, got no time. Uh, you've done the cost benefit analysis and it is not worth it. So. No, I'm, I'm with you. Don't spread yourself too thin and uh, play little of everything and forget what's happening. And, mm. you know, you, you jump into a game after playing three other different games and you forget the controls. It's just, no, nah, yeah. recipe for disaster. So, uh, mm. no, good call. Because, like, I've got a few smaller games on the go too. I heard that you'll, uh, you're playing Bayonetta and um, I'm, I'm doing the same thing too. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll chip through these games. They're about 10-hour games. And um, so I started, uh, I bought Bayonetta 1 on Switch because my whole idea was I bought the double pack back in the day for Wii U, came with Bayonetta 1, Bayonetta 2, and I jumped straight into Bayonetta 2 on Wii U, played it for probably like five hours or something. Oh, straight but, to 2, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know. I always, it's one of those things where you just want to get straight into the new hotness, whether it's story story related or not. Uh, of course, yeah, it was. Yeah, it came out new. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sense. so, like, I've gone back to Bayonetta 1 now, but... Mm. Um, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to Wii U and play it. And I've said that for a few games that I wanted to get back and play on Wii U. And it's just, I'm not, I've got my Wii U hooked up. It never got unhooked up. It's under my TV right now, but I'm not going to play it on Wii U. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to fire it up on Wii U. So I just I just spent the money and I bought it again. You've got to charge the gamepad at first because I, I won't play it for like months. And the gamepad's always flat. And no, so like, first I've got to find the charger mm. and then I've got to turn it on. And No, like my yeah. Wii U is so hooked up. It's got the Wii U um, gamepad dock set up. So it's it's at the point where that's not even an issue. It's charged. It's ready to go. It's probably a little bit dusty, honestly. You haven't picked it up in a little while. but So I um, just decided to just bit the bullet and bought it on Switch. And um, I put it down to easy. And there's actually an item in the game. I don't know if you're using this item, if you're playing on easy as well. But it's basically... The item's basically like a, a puppet and it makes it so you can just press any combination and it does combos for you. So it just puts it on okay. easy mode. I turn yeah. I turn that item off, but it's still on easy. But Is I, the item name a spoiler or you just No, I can't remember. It's just a puppet thing. Yeah, okay. it's like a yeah. 
yeah, it's like a marinette or something. Like the whole idea yeah. is that like someone else is controlling it for you pretty much. Like bayonet yeah, is on, you're the on puppet strings. And, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, so I, I want to learn, I, I want to play the game properly. I don't want to get to like the third game and have like no idea of like what the combos mm. are and all that. I want to have a bit of an idea, yeah. but at the same time, I just want to get through and play this, play the story. So when Bayonetta 3 comes out, that's when I can, you know, put it to normal and you know, play it, I guess, quote unquote yeah. properly. Um, there's no sort of real way to play games, especially, you know, being a dad these days, I put it down to very easy whenever I can. <laughs> get no through. shame in that. No, no definitely right. not. But I'm enjoying it so far. I do sort of know the outline of the story because I watched, <laughs> believe it, uh, I watched it on Watch Mojo of all places. <laughs> and they actually did a pretty good job of rounding up the story of one and two together. And because I knew the story was a bit convoluted and playing through the first, you know, the first couple of hours, you're like, Okay, I don't really know what's going on. Let, let let's find out. So I've got a bit of a guide in my head as I'm going along these games. So I can I get all the nuance and that, but I know where the story's going. And it's actually really interesting how they play with like time travel and like different characters and different meanings as you go forward. I'm like, huh, that's actually really interesting. So it's just made me more keen to it made me more keen to play the or push on through the game. So I'm glad that I did actually get those spoilers. Because, you know, it's a 10-minute video for 20 hours mm. of gameplay. So, it's not like, it's not going to spoil too much. Mm. You do get like... It's hyped you up for it. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Twi- the twists aren't going to be like, oh. But, you know, I think it's um it's kind of made me go, all right, I need to experience this story a little bit more. Where usually I, I want to stay away from spoilers. But I've had... How many years have I had to play this game? Like, 15 years? When Bayonetta 1 came out? Like, 2000 and... Oh, no, oh nine. So, 13 nine? years. It's yeah. Been, yeah. So yeah, um, had plenty of time. So Watch Mojo would have made that video probably at that around that time as well. Um, it, it might have been like not long after the Wii U <laughs> release, actually. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to Watch Mojo, you know, Watch Mojo still kicking it. That's awesome. Watch Mojo, they, they get a what bit a of a bad rap. Like, you know, they got a they got a sort of a generic sounding uh, narrator, but apart from that, it's it. It's not. It's, uh, they, they did their job. Right? Yeah, they gave yeah, it to I me in ten minutes. One in a while. Yeah. yeah. I can do a spoiler cast just with that very basic outline. <laughs> I can't do any nuance whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, no. Hey, what, how are you finding the game so far? Like, obviously, you probably have. Have you dropped it now that Xenoblade's taken over your life? It's been a week since, uh, yeah, ever since because uh, it was between two and three, Xenoblade two and three, mm-hmm. so that I needed something to play, and it's like it's just like with. Um, Xenoblade 3, I wanted to finish two before that. Just like with Bayonetta 3 now, I want to finish the first two games. and um, Definitely more achievable, noting the time length. And, you know, it's not going to be as uh, time heavy compared to two, um, uh, Xenoblade 2. So, yeah, I get that to go. And I've been very, I was very pleasantly surprised by how fun it was. Um, I'm only two hours or so in. And um, oh, just the swearing and the larrikinism of... Um, of uh, this penguin character, can't remember his name, and and Bayonetta, and just just the whole cast is just uh, very very funny, and um, oh, you know they're just it's not taking itself seriously, and so I can see how you're probably liking it. It's it's probably similar to Warriors game in terms of hack and slash kind of mechanics. Um, kind of is actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what it's reminding me of. Um, and, and yeah, just like Xenoblade was something I felt different for Nintendo, Bayonetta, you know, obviously wasn't originally on Nintendo hardware and it feels like a very un, un- Nintendo game. And so, um, 
for Nintendo to, to pick it up from the second one to take the publishing costs and to, to publish it with the Sega's and uh, Platinum's help is, is, is really cool. So um, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I've heard two's better again. So um, mm. I'm, I'm excited for three because I think uh, that looks amazing as well. So um, enjoying picking up these different, uh, different little games now um, and just, yeah, enjoying uh, what the Switch has to offer at the moment. Yeah. And having all three on the Switch is great. It's, uh, it's yeah, really definitely. Good. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to like pick up a physical copy um, a while back, but yeah, just could not, could not find them. Like they must've went out of print real quick. Yep. Yeah. I like on their PS3 or. Uh, no, no. On, on Switch. I think on I Switch. saw it for like 62 bucks. Like, oh, that's a good price. For, like for two games. Um, but, oh, oh, so Bayonetta 2 with the um, mm, first Bayonetta download code. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got mine from an EB Games. Um, yeah, a few months ago, it was secondhand. Oh, all right, and yeah. it had the disc. Uh, they had the code in the sleeve still, unused. Yeah, right. Yeah, so very I, lucky. It got like so. I opened it up. I'm like, yeah, shit, here it is. And so it was like fifty eight bucks or something. So mm. I was pretty happy with that. I wonder so. if that would have added any value whatsoever to their trade in. Like, if they said, "Hey, look, it's still got the code. Like, it, it's still like pretty." I reckon much they had product. no idea. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Just, oh. Because it, it was just in the case, out in the open. You know, they remove the game cards from the cases, don't they? But they just didn't remove the uh, this uh, the, the discount code. That was just it was just a piece of paper. So, yeah, that's always that's always um good bit, find. Bit dodgy, isn't it? I remember I could have just taken the code, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah, and had been at one for free. No, no, you're a good person, Josh. You wouldn't do oh, that. That's right. I wanted two as well, so. I mean, but at the same time, like, you know, you can't expect that with a, with a second-hand copy. So you're not That's exactly right. being a bastard to the person that buys it. Like if it was, if it was a new copy and someone's like, well, I, I kind of expect the, the value I paid includes this download code. But mm. yeah. Because yeah. did you get the, um, the Wii U version back in? No. What, no. What um, no, so I, I had a Wii U. I was pretty late. Well, uh, when Mario Kart 8 came out, I um, jumped onto the Wii U. So, mm-hmm. um, no, Bayonetta just wouldn't have been one of those things that interested me back in the day. So, um, I, but I've heard I heard so many things about it, and so it's not, not until recently, you know, with three coming up, that I'm like, yeah, I've got to I've got to give it a go. I've heard so many good things, and so, um. Oh, they pushed it hard, didn't they? The second one on, oh, yeah. on the Wii U. It's like one of their, you know, unique titles and a bit more adult. It's swearing and uh, yeah, um, they pushed it hard. Sexual innuendo and, and all that. It was know, getting like 10 out of 10s across the board. So it was yeah. like, look, please, please come and, come and buy a Wii U. Buy, buy a Wii U. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not just, not just a kid's console. You can uh, have some adult fun on this as well. Yeah. Because... I imagine on Wii U it would have sold like nothing, which is unfortunate. I, I hope it sold a little bit better on on a Switch, but I, I'm interested to see what the uh, three does as well, as far mm. as like sales on Switch. Like, will this be like, will it be better? Will it be like a hundred, not hundred million, just one million plus? Like, that'd be great for Platinum as far as this series goes. And this is this is like Platinum's bread and butter. Platinum do a lot mm. of uh, they've been doing a lot of contract stuff like. Which has been pretty ordinary, sort of starting with the Avatar game, but the the Korra game, then like Ninja Turtles and Transformers, been doing that, and it's been you know, pretty hit and miss, like pretty mm. largely as far as that stuff goes. But Bayonetta is like that is their game 
obviously owned by Sega, but it's like it's own, yeah. like it's it's their game, so they're gonna make sure it's as as good as it can possibly be. So I hope it's um hope it's great. I'm looking forward to well, it anyway. It's been five years of anticipation, hasn't it? It's uh, ever since it got announced at, at the Game Awards, I think, in, in 2017. Yeah, it's good for Nintendo that, to so. offload some vaporware. It's good. <laughs> mm. Just- yeah, so it's been a long time. There's been a lot of hype for it as well. So I think I think um, that longer wait has meant uh, people have been very eagerly anticipating the release. And so, um, yeah, I hope it stacks up. I, th- I think I, I have every confidence it will. Yeah, no, I and, do and too. It'll, it'll sell a, it'll sell a couple of million. I feel it'll be the best selling entry easily, surely. Because mm. Astral Chain it sold over a million, so mm. yeah, you reckon Bayonetta should be able to as well? Yeah, I reckon similar. Yeah, Astral Chain that was another good one by Platinum. That that was fun. You, you played that one? Yeah, yeah. I didn't finish yeah. it. That's finish in my it. backlog, yeah. but I did play it. <laughs> I think I'm nearly. Yeah, I didn't quite finish it either, but I'm close. Mm. No, yeah, I, I love I love that style. Like it just ooze mm. style, and it made the switch look pretty good. Like you know, it's they got a lot of uh, you know horsepower out of the switch as far as like how it looks and yeah. runs and everything. Yeah, looked unreal. Um, it was just just a shame because that was at the back end of 2019 when there were so many like good Nintendo things that got released that uh, back back half. And I reckon it was Luigi's Mansion Three that uh, got me off it, and then yeah. I just you know as you know. As you do, games, more games come and time goes by and you forget to go back to it. Luigi's Mansion 3 and Pokemon mm. kind of, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what that put was, a stop yeah, to it, it Pokemon, for me. Wasn't it? Two yeah. weeks after, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. That was, that was good. Yeah. Have you been playing um, anything else much? Um, I took a little break from Xenoblade 3 for the last two days because I wanted to finish, get to a decent point before I recorded my episode with Oliver. Um, on my show and um, we talked about Tetris 99. Um, I got sad <laughs> because he's, he wins, he's win, won a few times and and I uh, confess I've never won. And so you thought, well, I'm the only one who can change anything about that. And so <laughs> I decided Very I need to play a lot more Tetris 99. So that's all I've been doing the last two days. And so um, I've been very rusty, but uh, I got a couple of third places today and, um, I felt close. I was, I reckon it was three seconds later, the uh, first and second had, the second person had died. And so I, I was close. I could have, I don't know. I don't know how, the, the first person who won, it was um, Japanese name. Um, they had the most epic looking gold logo eagle thing. I don't know what it was, but you can get icons for, for doing really weird, crazy shit in this game. And this person, <laughs> I think must've been, you know, one of these people just plays it nonstop. And so um, as someone who only got into Tetris through Tetris 99, um, uh, it's it's such a fun game. I can't play any other Tetris. It's it's slow and boring. Tetris 99 has got this sort of... Oh, really? No, it's it, ruined it's, you. It's, oh. it's, it's <laughs> fast. It's, it's, you get the adrenaline yeah, and yeah. you're really going. When people are attacking you, like there's 10 people on you and you just keep clearing the lines, the, the hero... Uh, four length blocks just you keep dropping them and you just tell them to go away it's it's the best feeling so Mm. um i'm just going to keep playing it so i'm publicly saying it here i'm just going to keep playing it until i win and so i I will freak out if i do it 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 will be it'll be a good day when that happens (laughs) i don't blame you i would too i i haven't won a game yet either um because like when it first came out i was getting probably like top 10 
Yeah. Probably the best I got was like third. I'm like, cool, like, you know, mm. I'm not too bad at it. I'll keep I'll keep pushing on. I'll get a I'll get a win. Then, you know, get uh, distracted, playing some other stuff for a bit. Come back to it cuz, you know, Tetris was fun. Let's have a go again. And just the hardcore Tetris players just must be playing this thing. I just get, I just get smashed, just get absolutely it's, smashed. Yeah. And it's uh, at that stage now where most people who've like you know they, they gave it a go, they're done. But and whoever's left now, now it's just you know yeah those diehards. It's the ones who will eat you up for breakfast, mm. and um, that does happen still. Um, you'll you'll go into a game. And before you start, you have five people targeting you. And you're like, shit, here we go. Just uh, <laughs> like, I'm going to have to fight straight away just to, just to, you know, keep going just to make the top 50, hopefully. And uh, you go from there. I'm trying different things. I'm tar- I don't target badges, people with badges usually, but um, towards, if I've got a few KOs and I've got a bit of power, attack power, I'm going to, I'm trying to attack other people with badges in the hope that if I knock them out earlier, um, that might be better. So if I've got it lined up with, I can do two heroes in a row, those big blue bars, mm-hmm. I try and try and uh, wham it onto a to a person with a few badges. Mixed results so far. I've been uh, <laughs> pulled, the, the pants have been pulled down from me a few times uh, trying that way. But um, uh, it's one of those games, high risk, high reward, I suppose. So um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do it. I will do it. I'm going to, positive affirmation, I'm going to get a win. So so was it was it Watch the themes space. that dragged you back in, or was it talking uh, with Oliver on your show? Talk, talking with Oliver, yeah, because um, it was just an item I had on the show. Because there's uh, like older themes. I have all the themes that are on here. Yeah, um, except I missed one in April for Kirby in the Forgotten Land. So th- they'll do that one eventually when they say here you got a second chance. But that that won't be for for years, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. They, they've been very um, slow with the content this year. So uh, ever since this weekend, before that was Kirby in April for a theme, um, but they haven't done anything for like Strikers or Wii Sport or uh, Nintendo Switch Sports mm. or Three Hopes or even Xenoblade Three now. So yeah, um, yeah. you know, and there's a few more games coming out this year, so um, they've got a bit of a backlog now. So I hope they keep doing the themes because yeah, yeah. The last time I was like, oh, I've got to get that theme was a uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Because mm. like all of the music, the music was, you know, yeah. so all the sound effects of like you know yeah. the level up, the HP up, just yeah. all the bips and bops. I loved it, and honestly, mm. it's kind of satiated my need for anything else because I just I love that theme. I don't know if I need yeah. Kirby sounds or Metroid sounds. Like you know they're all cool, obviously, but I, I just mm. I love the Pokemon one so much. So maybe mm. with a uh, Scarlet and Violet, I'll be like. Oh, I need that theme. I reckon that will probably it. get yeah. me into it. But it's interesting how this is uh, the first uh, Tetris game, because um, like it, it's great that you know that uh, this version of Tetris dragged you into it. Um, because uh, you know Tetris, mm. it's just so much fun. So I think it's just an experience everyone should you know give a go. Because some people might look at it. I'm not saying you, but um, people might look at it. Oh, it's a it's a puzzle game. It's it's old. You know, whatever. Mm. But I feel like it's just. It's a lot of fun because my my first Tetris was one of those like just standalone electronic handheld things. It was at my grandma's, like it's the type of thing you go and oh, buy okay. from the supermarket, like Kmart or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like imagine like a gamer watch, but for Tetris, yeah. and it's just some god knows what knockoff brand. So I had that, and um, at a garage sale somewhere, there was a there was a Game Boy that came with Tetris. So mm. I got that, and that's that's how like I played Tetris at home and. It was actually Tetris DS. That's probably my favorite version of Tetris. 
which was okay. like a Nintendo-made version of Tetris and published by them. And it was like all Nintendo-themed. It was like all 8-bit sort of Nintendo franchises with Nintendo music and um, Nintendo characters on the top screen doing different things while you're playing on the bottom screen. It was really cool. I okay. really I really touch, wish I... Touch um, controls? Um, no. No, no. It was it just like... It'd be hard to. I don't know how you would. Yeah. There could have been touch controls. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, definitely didn't play with touch controls. Would be worse anyway, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the DS one's my favorite one. I really wish I had a copy of it. That's a that's a title if I ever see it anywhere. That's a hundred percent buy. I actually would be expensive, would it? It probably it probably wouldn't be cheap. I, I couldn't imagine it being under fifty bucks for us here. Um. Yeah. What is it? Let me. I'm just gonna because go to I I played it and. You know, shoot me, everyone, but I, I played it on my R4. I had a I had a pirated copy. I'm sorry. It's just, it is, it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, 28 bucks, cartridge only. Oh, um, gross. Gross. With the case, 50 bucks. That's a lot lot of money to pay for Tetris, isn't it? It's um, Yeah, I, look, I'll be, I'll be honestly. Nostalgia. Yeah. I'll be honestly kind of all right with, like, that is, it's a game I really liked. So, mm. and like by the time I played it, I believe it was out of print. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I might have it on one of these pirated uh, DS carts I allegedly own. Um, I'll give it a go. I, yeah, if you yeah, <laughs> allegedly own. <laughs> allegedly, I um I got it for the Castlevanias because there's three that one there and they're too expensive to buy, and so I got it for that. And there's like a hundred other games on it. I reckon that was one of them. Tetris yeah. DS. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So give it a boot up if you ever feel like a different yeah. version. And different you can, version. And if you've a got slow version. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be a lot slower. But you can play it for different scenarios. Like yeah. if you're going to bed, you might not. Like I know you can get the DLC, so you can just play normal Tetris on Tetris ninety nine as well. But it is like a different sort of thing. Like you're going for a high score. You're not in a rush, and it does get progressively yeah. faster. So it's not like it's going to be real slow the whole time. But you're not getting. No, it. that's it. Yeah, I, I, I'm dissing it, but yeah, you're right. There's lots <laughs> of different options and um, different modes, and so there's yeah. Go back yeah, to the uh, the Game Boy version when you can't press up on the D pad to do the automatic drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, um, then you like music, ah. though. That music's banger. I love that theme in Tetris '99, the original OG one. Um, yeah. So yeah, since I got into Tetris '99, I've like you know got the Game Boy version. Um, Play Tetris uh, Effect. I had a oh yes, that as, as, as part of um, dude. Yes, PlayStation Plus Extra. That was free with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that um, is excellent. That's psychedelic. That's awesome. I yeah. want to. I want to allegedly eat something and make me feel things while I uh, play that game. Yeah, because uh, Tetris Effect. It actually came on Switch the same day the Switch OLED got released. So Ooh, I, I played. That'd be so good handheld. Yeah, I, I played it on. Yeah, I played it on Xbox room. Game Pass because it was free. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I needed to see it on my OLED screen, and it does not disappoint. Like put in the headphones, yeah. OLED screen. It's it's, a whole it's unreal. It's unreal. It's yeah. It's I had a great time. I played it a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night, and it was just yeah. All I was missing was the, was the weed brownies. I feel, and it would. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Because uh, it was it was a VR game. Like originally, it came out on PlayStation Four and had a VR mode. So you put on like the VR helmet and mm. like everything's just going nuts. And you can just yeah nuts. I I didn't play it in VR. I probably should because I didn't buy it. But I guess yep. through 
PS Plus now. I guess I can use connected on PS4 and use the VR mode. I yeah, don't I've know. I've got my VR. I've got my VR somewhere. So, yeah. How, how would it work? Controlling, do you... Uh, you got to... With the controllers, you can... Uh, I believe it's just the same controls. Just it's just, you just all, play with the controller. Yeah, it's just all the just, visual yeah, audio experience going on yeah. that sort of enhances it. That would be cool. All right. I'd do that. That'd yeah. be cool. All these Tetris games, you, you've, you've got the play now. You can never get back to Xenoblade. It'll be just... VR helmet on. That's it. <laughs> then I've been playing Pokemon Puzzle League in between things as well. So I'm just puzzle games <laughs> and JRPGs currently. So yeah. it's uh, it's been a good time. It's good to sort of balance those though because you can't do mm. two, two JRPGs at a time. And It's good to go back you, and play something You need a palate cleanser with the JRPG and this, yeah. the Tetris is my, my palate cleanser. Because so. I, I definitely felt that after a week of like Warriors because you know, going into a battle and be like, all right, you, you need it over here, hack them to death. Oh, you need it over here, hack them to death. I'm like, all right, I need a bit of a palate cleanser after 25 hours this week. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's always good to play something else. And that palate yeah. cleanser has basically been Mario Kart for me, like with the new uh, DLC and been really enjoying that over the weekend since I finished Fire Emblem. And I think um, we'll talk about it before the show, but we, we sort of agreed that this is probably one of the best Mario Kart or the best... Uh, pack so far um out of out of the two great tracks it's compared to the first wave this one's got well for me personally but i feel universally for most people it's um people are raving about it in terms of like the, the tracks are better yeah so just in case you um, haven't played it or need a reminder comes with uh eight courses so the first course is new york minute which is uh from murray kart tour which is an excellent track actually i really like this one and the Mario Kart Tour tracks, how they're like a, a bit of a combination of um, stuff from Tour and each lap it changes. So you get, get put in a different direction or whatever. I think that I think that's mm. actually a lot of fun and adds a good dynamic to each track. So I like that one quite a lot. Mario Circuit 3 from the uh, Super Mario Kart, which is, I, I love these Super Mario Kart remasters. I think they're mm. really well done. Um, this one, like it doesn't ha- add anything crazy because some of the other ones like, from the Game Boy Advance versions, like, you know, the track, like, elevates up and you go, like, up in anti-gravity and you come down and do all this yeah. crazy stuff, which was not in the original game. But this one's just sticking to, you know, the original Super Nintendo Mario Kart. But mm. um, it's just nice, to, it's just nice variety, to be, like, yeah. it's just nice to be with basics. Very straightforward shortcuts, but, of course, you need the correct item at the right time. So it is, <laughs> it is what it is. You're not always going to be able to take it, but I quite like it. Um, then we got uh, Camillary Desert, which I think this was like this was the the one that made me go, oh wow, just with how it sort of changes things up, where you're not just going the same way the whole time. It actually forces you to go onto the train track, um, where in uh, Mario Kart 64 you'd just typically be like, look, I might take the train track, but it's a risk because the train might come and just gobble me up. Destroy you, yeah. Yeah, but in this one, it forces you to go that way. Like mm. the track just elevates up and does a big turn off, and you jump off and go on anti gravity and uh, not the anti gravity, the the, uh, the glider. You go down. So, oh, jeez. So mm. I, I thought that was really cool how it does that, changes things up. We've got Waluigi Pinball, which is my favorite, one of my favorites from Mario Kart DS. Which for great a, track for a long time, Mario Kart DS was my favorite Mario Kart until eight. I think, well, especially 8 Deluxe. I think Mario Kart 8 is just awesome. I love it so much. That's why I'm not so sad that it's sticking around for a long time, getting all this <laughs> update. I'm like, well, you know, it's a great game. 
just let them let them build up that uh, that juice and release a really awesome Mario Kart next time to sort of outdo it. Yeah, that's it. The but, Switch Two. But uh, what do you think of like the first uh, four tracks? Like, were you a big, were you a fan of Mario Kart DS? Did you play that one much? Are you familiar with Luigi oh, yeah. Pinball? Uh, I um. So I picked up an OG DS back in the day and it came bundled with Mario Kart DS. Cool. Oh, did you get the red one? Uh, no, the plain normal silver. Okay. Um, I, I just remember they did the red one and that was pretty neat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, so I got the silver. It was a big chunky boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a backlight. And um, <laughs> as you know, I lived in the country. We picked this up in Adelaide. And so it's a, it's a three-hour drive back to where I used to live. And they, it had a bit of charge, and I just <laughs> I fully remember playing this, holding it in my hand, and playing all these tracks. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you. Mario Kart DS is great. It's got all the different modes outside of the main Grand Prix Cups, uh, the missions, um, then the battling online. The fact I could blow into the console to blow up the balloons, things like that. It was just yeah. And a really good game. Everybody looks over the battle mode. Everyone looks to Mario 64 saying mm-hmm. that is the that is the best battle mode. And look, I agree. Like, you know, yeah. You've got you've got the four players controllers in front of the TV, but the bomb at the end e- you've lost. It's, and everybody yeah. talks about Block Fort. And Block Fort is such a fun multiplayer map. And they've never replicated it again. Never. And yeah. what was really cool about that is like you can look at your friend's screen and see that, oh, look, they're on the, say, the blue portion of the map. I'm heading there. I've got a red shell. They're dead. And, you know, that that sort of technique got sort of replicated in um, uh, an indie game called Screen Cheat where you can't actually see the enemy on your screen, but you can look at their environment on the on their side of the screen to work out where they are. I thought that was a really okay. interesting mechanic and that was sort of... Yep. That that reminds me of Block Fort because that's what the whole uh, setup is. But yeah. in, in Mario Kart DS, you're able to do eight player CPUs, and it has Block Fort. So I just played so much just with CPUs, and you can put them up to hard. And when it gets down to that that final like two people, it's so much fun because you don't have a time limit. And every Mario Kart since implemented the time limit in um, battle mode, and I just think that yeah. just completely it's, killed it's the, same, the whole mode. It? Yeah, because, yeah, um, you know, with Battle Royales now, the whole fun of it is just the tension at the end. and the last one standing, that's it. They do have, like, the area getting restricted, but there's no time limit. Like, you know, it just yeah. takes as long as it takes to, to kill them. And I think uh, Mar- option. Mario Kart DS was the last one that was like, you know, this is this mm. was like true blue battle mode. But, yeah, I yeah. miss it. Uh, it. Great game. I'm 100% with the underrated. And... One of the best tracks was Waluigi Pinball. And so when oh, they yeah. announced this was coming back, I was very excited. Um, to be honest, the Turnip Cup's my favorite out of both of them here. I love both. Um, this one's my favorite just because uh, New York Minutes, um, I-, I love firstly what they've done with the tour tracks. And as someone who's never played tour before or properly anyway, to yeah. actually, these feel like new tracks to me anyway. And the fact that it's it, it's a circuit really instead of three laps. And you yeah, the fact you're going different places, you're you're sort of sightseeing as you're racing, um, great time. And then in the Calamari Desert, like people are complaining that they haven't changed anything. Well, play this one, and you're yeah, literally going on the track now deliberately. And it's um, Calamari Desert's without the train on the track, it's a boring track. But um, yeah. now that you have to go on it, it's it's fun and um, was was my favorite track 
on the 64 back in the day. And now oh, I really? think it's even better. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's even better now. And, and if imagine if you were forced to race it like this and for, you had to go on the track to, to finish the race, I think that just would have made it even better. So um, all of it's great. And then, yeah, I, I, I like the SNES ones because uh, they're, they're Drift Central. They're, the, the, the skilled players win those ones because um, – you know, some of those drifts, especially at 200cc, like you have to get them so <laughs> yeah. right. Um, this is one I, I struggle with if I'm not on um, with with my drifting. And so it's all the, all the sweeter when you do get it right. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, I guess uh, moving on to the – I'm just looking at the picture. What would you call the the uh, like the, the propeller power-up? Is that what it's called, the propeller cup? I actually don't know. <laughs> it's Yeah, propeller cup. Propeller cup. Um, Something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, you know Super Mario Bros. The the hat he wears. Yeah, Mario yeah, Super Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, the uh, the tracks are Sydney Sprint, Snowland, Mushroom Gourds, and uh, Sky High Sunday. And I think first up, just like my f- my favorite track out of the probably the new update is Sydney Sprint from Tour. I very biased from Australia, so it's just cool seeing like iconography mm. from from Australia, even though I'm not a big fan of Sydney, I've gone there a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, it's like it, <laughs> too it, big for you, Drew. I'm from the country, mate. <laughs> yeah, probably. Eh? I'm a bit of showing my bloody uh, rural uh, sensibilities here, <laughs> but I don't know when I, when I go to Sydney, it's, it's really weird to me. Like, you know, someone says they came to Australia, but they come from like the States, they land in Sydney, they go and look at, um, I don't know, Madame Two Swords and the, the Harbour Bridge and yeah, that's Australia and go home. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's sort of it, it's weird to me, but I I really enjoyed a uh, picture. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Sydney Sprint. I think it's uh, really great. It's just it's just a lot of fun. It's a great Mario Kart track, and mm. um, yeah, I I've, I really enjoyed it. And I've had had some uh, great experiences on the weekend playing this track. Um, I was playing with like the Carpool Gaming crew, which uh, you joined in as well. And <laughs> even if it was I by no accident, idea what was happening. Yeah, you. you <laughs> You joined in just being like, hey, Drew's online and I sent you a yeah. link to their Discord and just their the voice chat with a lot going on in it. <laughs> um, but there, there was a time when like some I was in first place like the whole race. Someone just took over me. Then I see like on the map, someone launched a blue shell like just when I got taken over. So it was going, it was locked onto the other bloke in front of me and I could see the blokes like trying to like slow down to stay around me. And I, I just put on the brakes and turned around him. And uh, I had a bob on, like, trailing me. So I put it on the corner. So he just got blown up by a blue shell. Then I blow him up with the bob on and put him back to, like, third or fourth place. I'm like, that was a good feeling. And that happened plenty of times to me. So I dare say I got my – I got <laughs> he got his payback. But just, like, times like that in Mario Kart, it's so fun. And you you recorded this, and that was, that was epic what you did. So uh, <laughs> you just knew what to do. But uh, no, you you um you were very good. I came in late to this, and so I think we only did about eight races. But I think you did like forty all up, and so um, you were easily winning the overall uh, rankings, Drew. So I think you're a bit of a, a talented Mario Kart player. So yeah, well, this um, this this is what I told you. Uh, I'm like, it just depends who who's there because, like, you know, I, I might be able to win some, but if someone's like someone's like real good. And Drew, Drew he has no chance. He's getting bloody red shells in the face. He's copping. <laughs> he's copping someone else's blue shell, even though he's in eighth. Like I don't know how that's happened, but geez, it's just uh, how it is. But no, you I, did well. I, yeah. I don't know. Every with this DLC, everybody's like you know playing it 
people are streaming it. You can jump into people's races and stuff. And in 2017, like I was doing a bit of Twitch streaming, playing Switch games, and Mario Kart was just like a really easy one because like another 11 people can jump in with you, and a lot of people are actively looking on Twitch for uh, people to race with. So like my Twitch channel actually like grew like pretty well considering I was like you know a nobody on Twitch. People are just looking mm. for you know people to play with, and it reminds me of that because like I can go. I can go and see like, oh, Carpool Gaming or Wacko Jacko or whatever's playing. And it made me say, made me sort of think like, you know, we should really like set something up again. Like, like us guys or whether it's the House of Mario or just, you know, just us playing for fun, you know, with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, I don't know, should, should do that again, even when the hype's died down and just play some Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or Mm. Anything that's not strikers, um, yeah. <laughs> What's that? I don't know what you're talking about, Drew. Um, yeah, getting that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. Mario Kart. Um, I had a great time. That was that was fun, and it just brought me back to to why the games are so good. So I would be so down to keep playing it, keep playing those tracks. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's such a good game, and then um, I'm glad to finally got some DLC for it, and so uh, we're going to get a lot more tracks. By the end of next year, isn't it? So, um, you know, by the end of this, that's the end of 2023. The first game came out on the Wii U in 2014, I think. Yeah, did so that's that's nine, pretty much ten full years of of content chore. Um, <laughs> that being the main console version of Mario Kart. So, so that's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna you know sell so many games like it already has now, but it's just gonna continue to sell and be amazing to see what it does land at. Because I, I, I personally never expected another Mario Kart to come to the Switch. I, I just felt like, just from Nintendo's perspective, it's like, why hamstring this version? It's still selling so well. It's been bundled. It's been... Everybody's yeah. picking this up. It's sold over 40, That's right. sold over 40 yeah. million now. And it, it kind of just muddies the picture for people being like, oh, look, I bought a Switch. It's a, probably a no-brainer for most people that have, like, kids or you want a bit of a party console, go and pick up Mario Kart because it's sort of... Really, there's nothing like it. You got some knockoffs. Probably the closest thing is um, uh, Crash Team Racing, which is probably the closest thing, and that's a great game as well. But it's you know, on like to me, it's not Mario Kart. It's a little bit harder. I don't think it's like as accessible to probably um, people that just want to pick up pick up a controller and play something yeah. like this. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like it would muddy the picture if it's like, what Mario Kart do I get? Do I get mm. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe just, or just do I get? Yeah. So yeah, I, f- I think this is probably the best way to go. Is just like keep up their subscriptions with keeping it in the uh, the pass or selling it for forty bucks. I think it's a pretty well way to go and double the amount of tracks in the one game. Um, that's just nuts. How it's literally double by the end of this. Yeah, uh, this thing's rolled out. It's gonna be awesome. Just under a hundred by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I think will it be a hundred? Um, it was forty eight plus forty eight, so not quite. <laughs> was there? There was DLC though originally on the Wii U. For this, for Mario Kart Eight, yeah, I'm not sure. Did the DLC from the way you make it up to 48 tracks? It might have. Yeah, I think it, it must was 30, have. 32 at first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. Then, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be 96 tracks by the end. Is yeah. That right. Wow. So not too bad. Like it's- for one game, that's that's yeah, deluxe. It's uh, correctly describing the game. A lot of content, but keep in mind, like, bought it for full price on Wii U and. Bought it for Brawl Bros on Switch. Yeah, I double, double dipped. Yep. And um, then, like, by the time this is rolled out, you, you would have paid DLC. two. Yeah, you would have paid two years of Nintendo Switch Online. So 120 bucks for two years. Yep. 
So, yeah, good on them, Nintendo. Look, see, look. You win. You got me. I do not mind when they take my money, but I'm getting a good product. Like, I think that's... Uh, I think that's, that's pretty right. pretty safe to say for most people. But when when you feel yeah. like ripped off, that's when it's like, it's a, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> we've been wined and dined before we've been taken by yeah. behind. So it's all good. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't have said any, any better myself, Joe. Oh, I could have said it a bit more uh, grotesquely, but uh, I uh, restrained. That's, no. that's good content, Mario Kart. Good stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, like, what would you want from another Mario Kart? Because I'm sort of under the assumption that we're getting a new Mario Kart with the next console because it's probably the most important franchise to Nintendo and Nintendo knows that they need a big, big, big hitter to kick off their next generation. So I I assume that that's going to be saved for the the launch or maybe just like a launch title or later that year. I I think it will be there somewhere, but it's going to be... Makes sense, doesn't it? It's going to be a little bit more of a hard sell because they've, they've made this game now very, very compelling. Like... What more do you need? Because they could add like more Nintendo characters to the next Mario Kart. They could have a wacky mechanic. I don't know how much more wacky you sort of need to go than going upside down and all of this stuff, like change new items. I don't know how they can sort of reinvent the series to make we make this title be really important sort of push to get, get another system. But Make it a live series game, live action, uh, you know, just... Uh, could, yeah. Make Mario Kart 8 Deluxe free to play and then just keep charging DLC. So, Not sure. And I, I wonder if that's like a good Maybe. route to go down because we saw like Chocobo Racing and even a Crash Team Racing after reviews, they said, hey, look, we're turning on loot boxes and microtransactions. That's cool, Activision, you bloody dogs. Um, but you could see like, I, I wouldn't feel too bad about like putting money into this game to get like content, like tracks. I don't want I don't want to be buying like costumes and all this stuff i think that's when it gets messy and a bit gross but when it's just like look you're getting tracks you're getting content to play um here you go and it could be interesting too how they could utilize that and add more modes and things to do in between so it's not just i'm going to three star it then it's multiplayer they could it could Mm. be interesting they could support it that way because i feel like mario kart it's massive but it could be much bigger Mm. It could always be like on the tip of our tongue with new content and stuff. You could see like just with these DLC packs that um, the conversation just sparks up again because everyone loves Mario Kart. It's just, it's been the same one for a long time. And while I love it, it's, it's, it's been the same one for forever. So yeah, um, you know, probably normally we probably would have had at least one more extra version by now probably closer to a second. Um, mm. I, I like the idea of the live service, but I, I just think, Nintendo just values, you know, selling a game at a price. And I think Mario I appreciate Kart that 10 too. or yeah. 9, whatever it is, if we count tour as 9, I don't know. But uh, Mario Kart, I'm, I'm sure they'll call it 9 because 8 was so popular. But um, we'll see on that. But I, I think it will be it will be a standalone game um, on the new Switch. And uh, hey, let's, you know, maybe they Nintendo it really fully like Smash Bros and get all these different characters in, all these different theme tracks. Um mm. I think that that's uh, online yeah. modes. That might be the way to do it. I think that's the probably the the thing that would make us go like, wow, because mm. you can see another Mario Kart, and they're like, oh, look, there's another Bowser's Castle or another Mario Circuit. It's like, wow, that looks cool. Yeah. Look, for me and you, like, they've got our money, but the forty million people that have this game is that going to push them to the next system? 
And I could see like, you know, as like more Zelda courses. We've got Zelda and Animal Crossing and they, they are so cool. Everything going on in the background is unreal. The music, yeah. everything about it. Even like in, in the Zelda course for like Hyrule Castle, like you're collecting rupees instead of coins, you're getting those sound effects. Like there's no sort of detail left un, unnoticed. Like it's really quite yeah. incredible. And you could see see that across like the whole game. That'd be that'd be nuts. And honestly, maybe that's why we didn't get characters and um, other Nintendo themed courses in this. Because they're like, look, we're getting you're getting a lot more content, but this one selling factor that will be in the next game is being held, which is like, you know, getting like more F-Zero courses or whatever, whatever have you. Maybe that's why they're sort of holding off on that. I would like to think so. But yeah, yeah. I, I would love it. I think, um, you know, with Smash Bros, I think it's, it's you know, doesn't seem like they're going to do any more. seems like they might port a Smash Bros Ultimate to the next Switch or if they're going to do it, it'll be very different. And so I think Mario Kart's the obvious next one to get, you know, the whole whole nintendo ip universe into it so um you know just uh metroid ones i'd get so excited for or you know actually having captain falcon as a raceable character and then in all these different worlds and um not just big blue but all the other sort of tracks that he's been on i think um i i get pretty excited over that you know a kirby one let's uh you know like air ride let's uh, air, air ride this um this game and uh that'd be you know, awesome have to be carts yeah. stars um samus can be in a ship or something you know just uh yeah they could go really really ham with it yeah because uh i don't know if you remember the uh the rosalina reveal trailer um in super smash brothers for wii u but it's basically mm. like um on rainbow road and kirby's flying on his star and they like yes they, they yep. crash and like they see rosalina and luma and like just seeing that like you know kirby on rainbow road like just how it all mixes together it's like that would be sick like kirby would actually fit Mario Kart really well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So then yeah. the racing games in the past, it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So, like, I, I really do appreciate this model. And talking about, like, free-to-play, I'm, I'm so glad that Nintendo has restraint not to put a lot of their franchises this way. Because I, I think Nintendo learned the hard way when they went into the mobile space that, like, with a Super Mario Run, they wanted to be like, look, we're a software maker. We sell software. It's 10 bucks. I know that's expensive for a mobile game, but it's Mario. Everyone's like, well, fuck Mario. We got a Barrio and that's free. And we just have to watch <laughs> right. ads every one minute. And we put in $1 because we want some, some bloody microtransactions here or there. It's like, all right, I, I guess, I guess we're doing that says Nintendo. And that worked on the mobile platform. Like Fire Emblem Warriors made it not Warriors, Fire Emblem. Um, what's it called? I forgot. The mobile game Hero, doesn't, doesn't heroes. matter. Heroes, is it? No. Yeah, heroes. Yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes. That's made over a billion dollars. So okay, <laughs> so much money, isn't it? It's it's crazy. Yeah. So Honestly I'm crazy. I'm glad they have restraint on their own platform, and like I've said it before, like they are the ones who are going to be selling switches without Nintendo on Nintendo hardware. They're not going to sell to anyone. No third parties are going to be interested. So if they want to nickel and dime their audience, well. I think it's all downhill from there. So it's good that that their software is pretty much just made to be purchased and enjoyed. And when we were talking about Strikers a couple of weeks ago, I know Bryce was like, wouldn't it be better if Strikers came out maybe um, and had like, you know, support where you sort of support it with microtransactions and stuff. And to me, that's that's not what I want from Nintendo. I know like yeah. Epic, Epic does it really well. Free-to-play game, 
on all platforms, an account that goes across them all, Battle Pass. I think that works great, but when it's like paid software or exclusive software to lock locked to one game, I think that's when it becomes a little bit more of an issue. But Yeah, I think as long as they make their own hardware, they're going to make you buy the game or at least uh, opt in for a subscription. So mm. they just value what they make too much, don't they? Um, even with the, the Red Jeep book we read, you know, they, uh, you know, having uh, Wii Sports for free as part of the uh, the Wii launch they didn't like. So, mm. um, yeah, I think uh, they just they value it too much. And I think, you know, I don't blame them when uh, you're selling 45 million units of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe um, at 60, 70 bucks a pop. That's uh, not bad at all. Yeah, absolutely. For a re-release game. You can imagine, like, imagine how much it cost yeah. them to get it to switch and how much but the margin, the, the return on equity on that. Uh, yeah. yeah. You don't need to do the cost-benefit analysis to know that's a lot. No. You put your calculator yeah. away, Josh. You're like, sorry, sorry. I'm not working at the bank right now. <laughs> He's like, no. Nah, if Nintendo was a client, you'd be like, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. Should have bought their stock five years ago when the uh, Wii U was the, uh, the main console. That would have been the time. Just when the Switch got announced, that should have been the, the time to buy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I think the 3DS would have kept it a little bit not too bad, but yeah. I mean, you should imagine, yeah. You imagine if it was just Wii U. It's like, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even have any stock. Everyone's like, no, just take it. <laughs> We've been gone. Yeah, that's right. And that's build right. it off. Yeah. So I, I guess talking about numbers, Josh, uh, we can talk a little bit about the first uh, quarter financials for this year and we'll get through this uh, a little bit more quickly. I know you've already sort of gone through this on, on your show, so I don't want to bore you too much, but for anyone that hasn't listened to <laughs> uh, heard any of the financial results, I, I'm, I'm always quite interested in just like checking out you know, how the games are selling, how the audience is reacting to them, what this might mean for future sequels and all of that as far as like Nintendo's direction going into the future. And um, it's sort of a, one of the more noticeable things is that um, you know Pokemon Legends Arceus hasn't actually been... Um, updated for this this quarter. So last quarter mm. it sold uh, 12.64 million copies, but since then it hasn't had any new data. So pretty much since then it hasn't um, sold a million million since. And it's fallen off a cliff, hasn't it? That's yeah. And so like surprising. A, a little bit of a shame because I think uh, what Legends Arceus done was uh, really like really like it was a good step for the Pokemon series and it was a lot of fun just being immersed in like the different areas and going around catching Pokemon. For me, that was, that was fun in itself. Just being like, Oh, that's a big mm. one. <laughs> and you throw a ball. Um, Cause I, I think just that, that whole concept of being in that world and just immersing yourself and um, collecting, I think it, to me, that was fun, but everything else that came along with it from the exploration to the story. And um, I, I think it was just really well done. And I really sort of hoped that, the next step would be sort of an evolution of that, but it doesn't quite look like that. It looks like it's more of the old concept being made open world, but um, yeah, that's a we'll figure that out in a November, but yeah, it doesn't look mm. like legends. Arceus has really um, taken off afterwards. I think it's just like, I think a lot of people have just said, look, the new hotness is coming. I don't need to play this one. Like people diehard Pokemon fans or people who wanted to give this new thing a take within the first month or so, went and bought it, but people mm. that weren't, they, they can wait for the, the next next big thing. Yeah, I, it just I think everyone who wanted it bought it straight away. And um, yeah, I said on the show that I think um, if it wasn't a million copies sold in the last quarter from April to June, it surely, surely would have been just under. 
So I think um, yeah, you wouldn't think, which is still be. surprising. I I just really thought you know even um, I know Kirby um, came out a bit later um, in March, and so had was more recent in the latest quarter. But um, you know that sold pretty well in that next quarter, and so mm. that's probably had a bit more of a tail compared to to Arceus. So um, yeah, I, I'm sure it will pick up again, and it'll be a million dollar. Oh, sorry, a million unit seller again for the next quarter, next couple probably with the, the holiday period. So, um, but but still, it was pretty amazing to get the twelve point eight whatever it was million sold straight away up to the end of March. That's it's a lot of games. It's already in the top ten, top top selling uh, Switch titles, isn't it? I think yeah. um, around seventh or so. Yeah, and what sort of concerns me is just looking at these figures as well. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. It's uh, last quarter it sold fourteen point six five million. Now it's up mm. to seventeen point seven nine million. So it's gone up like quite a few million. So people are mm. more seem to be more interested in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which like for me the original Diamond and Pearl were great. The games that I played mm. when I was a a wee lad in primary school. But I feel like these remakes they were just very cheaply very cheaply made. And they didn't they really, were. they didn't add anything to the original DS games that came out in 2006. Mm. Um, so pretty disappointing on that front, just to be honest. Like Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon remakes, they yeah. always sort of enhanced the old games by quite a lot. And like for me, I was a big Generation 3 fan and I didn't really, I didn't love Pokemon Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby, but... Uh, you can at least acknowledge like that was a big step up from Game Boy Advance. Just like all the new Pokemon yeah. since those games released, the mechanics, the 3D graphics, um, some of like just the online play and everything. Like it added a lot, but Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, you didn't get any new Pokemon like from the generations onward and online play was pretty non-existent like mm. for the most part. Like it didn't add anything apart from the underground stuff, which was kind of, kind of, uh, it was good, but it wasn't like, yeah, well, amazing necessarily, but mm. it seems like that t- that style of Pokemon game might be more popular. And whether that's because there are two versions, people are double dipping a lot more than we think, or mm. or people just want that sort of um, classic experience more than the open area stuff in Legends Arceus. Yeah, I think I think a combination of that, and then um, I definitely think. Arceus is definitely geared towards a slightly older demographic of play. I think um, mm. uh, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is a bit more yeah, traditional, isn't it? And I think uh, the young younger kids or people can more easily play it. And I think the Arceus one, you know, it's a bit more. Um, I, I heard it. I heard heard it touted a bit more, a bit more of a mature sort of offering. And so whether that kind of feeds into it is that yeah. a reason why there's less sales? Maybe, but you know you. Like it was two months later, and so you know very soon, and we already had. Um, I know this doesn't count for much, but new Pokemon Snap came out earlier that year as well. So like there was a lot of Pokemon around that time, like a lot of lot yeah. of releases, and so, um, yeah, I, I reckon if they if it was a few months, I don't know if they announced if they did it a couple of months later, would that made a difference? Maybe, but again, like you know we've got Scarlet and Violet coming up, so. Um, tough for them to try and maximize the, the sales and not try to cannibalize potential sales of other games yeah it, it just makes me wonder because it, it makes me a little bit worried because i love the direction um pokemon legends arceus was sort of going and as an mm. older pokemon fan i've been saying for a while i would like a, an experience that sort of grows with me 
And like, yep. I, I love Pokemon. I love going back to it, but I would like an experience that sort of, you know, grows up a little bit with me. And I think Legends Arceus was a pretty good push in that direction. But yeah, are there far less adults playing Pokemon than we think? Is it is it way more kids? Is that the reason why um, these were selling more? Because not, not a dual stick sort of uh, um, control uh, wise with the game is that is that a hindrance to some people? Mm. I'm not sure, but. It's interesting to keep an eye on, and I hope Game Freak sort of continues to do both because I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see another Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Like just with how they did that, just with, it, like it's just, it was just pushed out, and, and at release it was it was broken as well. Like people were yeah. hacking it and cloning and doing all sorts of things in that game where it's just it wasn't up the snuff. It just it was not up the snuff. No, that wasn't, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, yeah, I. It is concerning as well. I agree. I, I hope with black and white they, uh, you know, do a better job of, uh, you know, bringing it to modern, modern gaming stands. I think that would be uh, more preferred than what we got with Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, which was a serviceable enough, but just didn't add anything extra. So you, you just felt like you're playing a slightly more upscaled version of the same game, mm. whereas previous remakes have been that plus plus the more that you want. Mm. Mm. Looks like um, some of the other Pokemon games have only sold like a little bit more. Like um, Pokemon Sword Shield's gone up a little bit, and Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, it's gone up a tiny bit as well. Actually, I wanted to get a physical copy of Let's Go Eevee because I collect the games on on Switch, but I can't find a copy anymore. So I think that game's gone out of print. So that's probably really? enough. Yeah, it seems like at least here in Australia, okay. like Let's Go games don't seem to be in stores anymore. So that's that could be a reason why that game's slowing down. Because I think Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, it's always going to play a role for like a very accessible Pokemon experience. And there's yeah. always going to be people playing Pokemon Go who are like, you know, they want to give the games a go. So it's always going to play a place there. Um, and new Pokemon Snaps, it doesn't have any new data. So that's interesting. Um, new additions this year with uh, Nintendo Switch Sports sold 4.84 million copies. That's no, pretty. It's pretty good. Cause it's um because it's a fun it's game. Decent. It's a fun game, but um it's just sort of suffered from Nintendo's updating sort of a way of releases where you know we're still waiting for golf. Like, come on, like it was golf. Like <laughs> that, that update the other week. Like, what was that? That was a nothing update. You can use the leg strap now. Like, I think that's really like yeah. they they honestly like in retail. You go and get the physical copy and the leg strap. Then what? Two months later, they say. You can use that leg strap to play the soccer mode now. Okay, Nintendo. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it, they had to make it. They wanted to release it in April. They got 90% of what they wanted to do. And I think this golf has taken a bit longer than they wanted to, sadly. Because it, so, it, it makes sense yeah. to me to be like, look, golf is coming out later on to like get engagement back. I don't agree with that. I think, I think that just makes it a worse product when you're probably yeah. more interested in playing it, honestly. But it, that is what it is. I hope they don't continue to do it. I think they will. But when it comes to like the leg strap compatibility, like you've got to be joking. Why did that take so long? That should have been in there. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's baffling, you know. Really baffling. Just, just rushing to get, you know, close enough is good enough. And um, uh, we've both been pretty vocal on this with sports titles and our uh, annoyance with how Nintendo goes about it, um, you know, and, and, Strikers suffered the same fate, didn't it? It's just, it's undercooked. Mm. Not quite what you want. And, you know, when you see 
first wave of uh, downloadable free downloadable content just adding characters that really don't add anything it's uh you know makes you makes you question you know, how much did they have planned for this game did they always know it was going to be or always plan for it to be as shallow as uh as it is so yeah because yeah, sp- speaking of like a good return for nintendo like you know mario strikers it sold 1.91 million copies mm. and like that was like in a month so Jeez Louise, like just with, you could see like Like, the amount of... even a month, like three weeks. Yeah. You can see like the amount of, like the core mechanics of Strikers there, they're okay, but everything around Mm. it, it's like, there's there's just nothing there. There is nothing there. And just to get that return, you can see why they do what they do because they delay Zelda for years and years. They put everything into that game, give the team all the attention it needs and it becomes like one of the best games that's ever been released, especially on, it would be one of the best games on, on the switch, like bar none. But in the mm. meantime, they've got to make money. So it, it is, it is titles like Mario strikers. It is titles like, like the Mario sports games in general, but it, you can see it, it works for them. It obviously works for them. So, um, don't know. We're not, that's right. we're not going to, uh, <laughs> we're not going to win when it comes to this. I think, I think like, I can't remember if I was talking to Bryce privately or on the show about this. So sorry if I'm repeating this to anyone that's that's listening to this. But the, honestly, the next Mario Sports t- title, guys, we're ignoring it. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. Who gives a shit? Like, honestly. What if it's horseback riding, Drew? What if they bring that back? Oh, well, I can't well, say no to a horsey. Sorry, no. <laughs> With Edelgard. Oh. Here we go. That would bring Drew back. Yeah. And all she says is, you're looking for a... Gap in my armor where you're trying to slip through a sword. <laughs> Maybe. If it was Manuela for me, I'd be yes. <laughs> what if I am? What if I am, Edelgard? <laughs> what if I am? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> How do you fix the sports titles? Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors Tree Hopes, we got no data, but that game come out like just on the cutoff of the, just before. the yeah. financial results. I hope that game went well. It deserves it. Being Fire, mm. being fire Emblem hopefully boosted, but... I think um, I think a lot of people are actually a little bit iffy on the Warriors titles, even with Nintendo franchises involved with them. Because Age of Calamity, it was kind of like mm. everyone's a bit wary because that game didn't run very well, and also like they they hyped it up to be like the prequel story to Breath of the Wild, but they very quickly be like, this is an ultimate universe with a completely different story and outcome. It's like oh. It's like you kind of, kind of yeah, mis- it was, misguided this pretty much. I thought it was going to be the prequel. It was misleading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been the same with Warriors games. It's probably not quite my thing. Um, but I, I admit the uh, the Fire Emblem Three Hopes, it's uh, definitely the closest. I mean, I've played a little and enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's def- definitely got the right things going for it compared to the other ones for me anyway. Um, if they did a Xenoblade one, I'd be very interested. Oh, that would be dope. That would be awesome. Yeah. Xenoblade one. And yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised to see one, honestly. I think... Um, like the hype for Xenoblade is right up there, mm. and it's a perfect title to work with. Any any game that has a war, <laughs> it works very well. So yeah, yes. Xenoblade. Yeah, if they based um, it heavily on yeah. three. Um, yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be good. Because honestly, I could see the next Nintendo themed Warriors game being Xenoblade. I think for for me, like I'll we've had Zelda. I think um I'd love to see like a Pokemon one. A take on that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if they. I don't think they keep it cutesy. I think they make it like a game based on war. There's like a, a whole sort of fan theory of like 
the Pokemon war from like when you talk to Lieutenant Surge, he talks about the war that involves yeah. humans and Pokemon and Pokemon X and Y as well. There's like part of the story is describing the war and um, how that story unfolds and like the, the secret weapon and all of that. Like there's, a, there is like a, a backstory of Pokemon that has like involves war involving Pokemon. So I'll, I'd love to just see, you know, a bunch of Pokemon characters to play as going around as Charizard. Just, I think it'd be, I think it'd be pretty cool. But. It'd be cool. Um, I, I just, I reckon it'd be uh, alarm bells ringing for the Pokemon company having that sort of, I don't know, violence towards the Pokemon. Probably, yeah. Brand. I don't know. I, I as much as I'd want that game, I think that'd be so cool. I just, yeah. I mean, I it wouldn't be, be so bad. You just like say you're running around as Pikachu, you Thunderbolt somebody, and you know the Pokemon's like, oh, <laughs> they faint, they go back in the Pokeball. You know, like you know, it wouldn't be. Like, yeah. Oh, look, they fainted because in Pokemon they they're playing around with like you know animal cruelty themes and all that and mm. people like touching on this like, guys it's it's pokemon it's a different universe well, calm down all right but yeah you can see pokemon's it but they're not going to get knives out it's all good no guns yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh i guess the, the last addition to uh games that came out this year is kirby and the forgotten land at 4.53 million so i think that's great i think it's really good that mm. kirby um come out and it's sold well because Kirby and Forgotten Lands was definitely what my most enjoyed Kirby game. And I've enjoyed a lot of Kirby games in the past, like Squeak Squad and Fuel in the DS, Canvas Curse, um, mm. Epic Yarn. Like they've done some like great sort of um, sort of take take different takes on gameplay styles and art art styles. Like um, Epic Yarn on Wii was like a really beautiful game. And we weren't really used to like mm. good looking games on Wii, but just how just how you saw the fabrics of the yarn and everything and I know that uh, um, Goodfield went on to do uh, the Yoshi games, but yeah, I think it's great that Hal um, is being rewarded for their efforts with with Kirby. Yeah, no, it's it's great to see. Like they finally took the plunge to 3D, and, and heck, they're they're selling copies of games, and it's at record highs. Wow, what 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 a what, a, what an idea and a concept. So, <laughs> um, took them long enough. Um, great to see. So I think we'll see more of this more Kirby action in the 3D realm, which which was great. It's it's so much better than Star Allies. I will, uh, you know, I, I that was instant regrets purchase for me, sadly, when I bought that game. Um, I don't think you ever bought it. No, so. no, I never bought it. I'm like, I don't need that. No, you're smart, Drew. <laughs> I, don't, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I was the dum-dum and bought Kirby Star Allies, tried to enjoy it, finished it, and nah, nothing good about it. So, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, well, I'm buying everything. Even Bay Chronicles 2, which I like barely touched, but Kirby, I'm like, nah, nah I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that. You were recording the podcast as well at the time, so uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as to why you didn't. Because well, you felt like you, you got to cover games, you know? So, well, I. Nintendo published ones. Well, you know, I, I play a lot of the Nintendo games, and that's mainly not even because of the show, just because I, I love to play them. Like, Nintendo's my favorite yep. publisher, so I enjoy to play them. But when I see a. Kirby looking Kirby game, which is doing nothing new and is mainly based around playing multiplayer when I've got no one to play with. I'm like, I probably don't need that one. I'm probably okay. <laughs> and if I bought it for like 80 bucks and I come back to the show, I'm like, yeah, I played Kirby. I finished it. It was, I jumped, well, I buddy jumped around a bit and I sucked up some stuff and oh, I got an ability where I had the cutter and oh, did I cut up some things or what, Josh? Did I bloody slice and oh, dice? Yeah. 
nice. Yeah, no. And I, I, I had a friend. His name was Meta Knight. He jumped around the, the back. He was a, a, a AI controlled because I got no friends. Um, <laughs> and uh, the ending really actually blew me away because uh, it was just, it said the end. I'm like, thank God for that. Yep. <laughs> thank yep, God. No or did it say Finn? Did it say Finn? I'm, I didn't play it, obviously, but did it say Finn or the uh, end? Finn does ring a bell. Mm. It might have been that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, not good. Not yeah, good. so that's why I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're smart. Um, that's what I'm saying. I was a dum-dum. I just went for it. I didn't even have a podcast at the time, Drew. So I just bought it because I thought it was cool. You, know? you bought a game. You didn't even have a podcast. Uh, What's the point of it? There you go. No. I hope you got some enjoyment out of it, though, like in all seriousness. Like, that, was, that was all right. It's, yeah, a bit. A bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've played other Kirby games and, and enjoyed them fairly well. And this, this one was, like, like you said, just more of the same. So. Hmm. Forgotten Land, though. They'll do another one. Um, they'll do another Last of Us pseudo Kirby game, and um, it'll be great. More yeah. That. That's all I want. Kirby's uh, daughter doesn't die at the start of the game, though, so they need to go a bit further <laughs> if they want it to be The Last of Us. That's fair. I never <laughs> saw Joel in The Last of Us suck up a car. I never no, saw that. No, I missed that bit. In the remaster coming up. <laughs> I yeah, I hope I they, re- I hope they uh, put yeah. that in the remaster. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Um, Switch hardware sale updates. The Switch is now at uh, 111.08 million. So, Jesus, it's uh, the second best-selling system of all time. No, not counting the the debt. Sorry. It's the third best-selling. It's still got to beat the PS4, but then after that, without handhelds, it's just got the PS2 in sight set. 155 million. That's going to be a hell of a stretch. That is going to be... That's going to involve really strong software support for a few more, like a few more years. I'll say at least three. With uh, other Switch revisions that also count towards this number. So, like you know, PS. Every everybody sort of say, "Oh, look, it'll, it'll get the PS2." It's like I don't know about that. I really do not know about that. That is a a hell of a push. But we are in a time now where gaming is more popular than ever. It's just Nintendo needs to make sure it gets there, and. Um, because yeah, like, it, cause like, I, I dare say you feel this too, but you know they are running out of those big franchises that make us go, oh, like we're getting Zelda, that's gonna be great. Um, but you know, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, um, like whatever, like their the big hitters are are done, and like Pokemon mm-hmm. games are coming out every year, um, and that's sort of like losing its um wow factor, I dare say. Um, just as far as like pushing more people to get the system, we've already got like a few Pokemon games now, so how many more people are, are they going to get necessarily? Well, they might get more with me buying all the limited edition Switch lights they release actually. So there yeah, is that. You're not the only one, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I seem to be collecting them now. Like I've got the two Pokemon special editions. So I'm like, I've got to get the third one. I've got to get the fourth one. If they um, start doing it for each game and they start doing three games in 12 months, I'm like, fucking, all right, calm down, Game Freak. All right, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I'm not made of money, Game Freak, geez. But uh, no, you're right. There's they're doing sequels. The Switch games already released, so um, yeah, they're at that stage where you know they've got plenty of weird and more niche things they could do. But the big stuff, the big hitting, selling stuff, they uh, have already done. So um, there was a bit of worry with this quarter because it was a bit down compared to um, 
only 3.4 or 3.8 million units for the quarter, which is down a fair bit compared to the previous quarter. Um, people are, you know, there's some saying uh, alarm bells. Is this the decline of, of the switch? Um, are we going to, you know, get this sixth year decline that always happens with their consoles or is it um, just a little blip? Um, I tend to mm. believe what Nintendo is saying with the semiconductor shortage and they just can't yeah. make enough to sell. I, I think there's still plenty of momentum and especially with what's upcoming, you know, with, um, I you know I just said before it's sequels, but Breath of the Wild Two is going to bring a lot of excitement still. Definitely, um, yeah. And that, that that counts for something, doesn't it? So, um, it's it's a great time to be a Switch fan, and I think uh, there'll be at least two more years. End of twenty twenty three is when the Mario Kart DLC runs out, so we'll at least have uh, <laughs> that's the timeline. <laughs> a, a current console till then. Um, but yeah, I, I still think uh, the PS2 better watch out at 155. I think. Um, I'd love to see it. Like, I'd love to see I think the it PS2 will take toppled. There, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just from it's on track too. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I yeah, think it just, it's just be just really interesting. Some good games. Mm. Mm. It'll be it'll be close. Because mm. like looking at like a lot of companies' financial reports, even like the the console manufacturers, they're, they're all sort of suffering the same fate. Like that is no revenues down, selling less consoles, yeah. not being able to make them not being able to ship them a lot of this uh, type of thing. So it's not just Nintendo. Like if, if Nintendo was an outlier, it's like, Oh Jesus, what are they doing wrong? But just like the huge boost gaming got in the last couple of years, like you saw with animal crossing alone, like that series just got catapulted to new heights because people are looking for content to play while being stuck inside. (laughs) So of, of course now that things are starting to go back to normal and people are like, well, I can, go back to my other hobbies or got other things to do rather than, um, you know, play games. Of course it's going to happen. Like it's not going to keep going up when people no. are just like a lot of people probably just bought a switch just for maybe a couple of games to play while being stuck inside, just being that bored. Like they're looking for something to do. And yep. um, oh, you hit the nail on the head. It was yeah, two years of um, people stuck inside and uh, video games and consoles and units just uh, skyrocketed. So it, it's to be expected that, you know, as the world opens up this year, um, things are going to be down. Um, you know, there's, uh, I've read lots of articles about how people, a lot of analysts think um, video games, the industry is recession proof and um, mm. we'll see the next, next 12 months um, we'll see because uh, I think, think the basis is people still want to be entertained. You know, they'll still spend money. Um, on gaming, which is relatively affordable um, hobby-wise uh, compared to other things in terms of yeah, you know, yeah. the time and output you get, especially mm. if you're, you know, there's certain JRPGs that you should play, Drew. Um, 100 plus hours of entertainment right oh, there. Really? You. Oh, really? Which one would that be, Josh? No, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Well, just, just, just play back the start of this episode and we'll uh, <laughs> revisit all that. But, um, yeah, so you expect a bit of downturn. Um Nintendo's results are quite a lot better than uh, the Sony and Microsoft ones for a comparison. Um, Their drops, uh, Sony's and Microsoft's drops in um, income, operating profit was was more severe. So um, Nintendo's trying to buck the trend. Um, software sales were pretty good as well overall. Um, yeah, they just can't make this stuff hard enough, um, fast enough, sorry. So, you know, they're doing all right. Not worried. Not worried just yet. No, no, definitely not. I think they're doing okay. They're mm. doing okay. But it's uh, it's interesting too, just with like the breakdown of the hardware sales where the um the, the normal switch um sold basically 
a bit over a million copies and the Switch Lite didn't sell a million since the last quarter, but the OLED went up a couple of million. So more people are opting for the OLED model, whether that's just because people are upgrading or people are saying like, hey, look, I will get the OLED as my first Switch because that's the new model. Um, I know like one of my friends, she, I, I saw her in EB Games picking up a Switch and that was her very first game console was the the Switch OLED. Never had a game console. Her parents wouldn't let her um, play video games when she was a kid and I think she just she just felt like playing some games. So when I saw her in... Stuff at mum and dad, we're going to get one. Yeah, well, she just got married and she's, uh, she's my age. So she's 28, so... I think I think her, her parents can't stop her from playing those devil video Definitely games. Not now. Yeah, you playing right. those you playing those Mario Kart's love. Uh, I'd rather I you do play Tetris Effect on the OLED screen. Let me do it. I'd rather you bloody do meth and sell it to primary school kids <laughs> than play those things, mate. Jeez, Louise! No, I never it's got outdoors, that. Outdoors, you know, because yeah. uh, I, I remember at school she wasn't allowed to go on Facebook or do anything, and like. I can understand Facebook to a, to, to a degree, but like when it's just because mm. I'm I'm actually really good friends with her dad. I played soccer with her dad. Good, like awesome <laughs> bloke. But yeah, just don't know what was she allowed to do. Just, just couldn't play video games inside. Yeah, I guess not. But uh, you yeah, get violence. She, you kill people. Yeah, but Your I brain just turns to mush. I thought it was really interesting, but yeah, the the OLED switch was her first one, and I just said, "Look, why are you getting it?" And she said, "Like, oh, she just you know wants to play some games." And the switch seemed like the more appealing console to get for her. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like you need to get, get Mario Kart, obviously. Uh, Animal Crossing, you probably get a kick out of it. Zelda. Um, like I had like 10 games where I'm like, look, these are probably pretty good places to start. So she's like, come the fuck Did down. Did you plug the podcast while you're there, Drew? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Should have. Yeah, just like, I've got a good podcast you can listen to. Episode 163, I did a breakdown of uh, the best games to get on Switch. You know, <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I had my uh, mate Josh from Nintendo Bani. We talked all about it. Um, about it's a, it's a nice, like, 13-hour podcast. Really uh, take up your whole day, love. <laughs> That's true. She would have walked out by the second sentence. That's a very, very good point. Mm. Um, but, you know, the OLED sells well because it's an easy thing to upsell. For the extra 70 bucks, it's... You know, you're getting the for handheld play, the OLED screens, it's awesome. I don't own one, but my brother, um, I did a whole like cost benefit analysis again. Um, <laughs> I gave him the whole rundown of why the OLED like is different to the OG switch or the V2 switch with the extra battery um, and, and what it does. And he's like, yeah, it's worth the extra 70 bucks. And he, he bought it and he's like, yeah, it's, it's you know, the kickstand's better or I can, I don't have to buy an adapter for the, um, for the dock because it comes with LAN already. Um, all that stuff. It just, just made sense. And so, um, and yes, yeah, so, so for that reason, that's why the OLED's selling more. And, you know, um, if my, if I drop my switch one more time, my OG switch, um, <laughs> I will need to buy one and it will be an OLED rather than a, a V2 OG switch. Mm. And so I think we're getting a bit of that now as well. You know, people are, you know, had their switches for a few years now and, they do break. Uh, mine's very cracked at the top. Um, I think that's something that a lot of the OG switches. Mine gets. was too before I traded the in. Yeah, kind of up there. I don't yep, the exact same place, just near the. Yeah, you can see that near the buttons. Yeah, the power button. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently that's a normal thing. It just when it overheats or something. Or yeah, mine. Mine plane. wasn't even yeah. dropped, man. Mine was. Mine just cracked. Yeah. 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 And so. Um, it's, it's still fine. Mine works fine. But, you know, the moment it stops working, um, 
I'll be jumping on the OLED. Yeah, I like. I love my OLED. I'm so happy I got one. Like the screen mm. alone is worth it, but just the whole build feels better. And I think a, a little secret thing that makes a lot of difference that you might not expect is that kickstand. Cause, yeah, because like on your Switch, you'll be like, you you use it on a table potentially, but apart from that, you won't because it's just it like, has to be a table. Yeah, I like can't a, even like a flat like table. The yeah. sofa, it, it won't work. And then yeah. you know, my brother's on the sofa is fine now. Yeah, because like now, like so, so flimsy. Now, like if I'm playing in bed, I'll probably take off the Joy Cons and like just put it on the bed, and it will stay on the bed. It's perfect for that. Um, yeah. Like on the arm of a couch, put it on there. Just maybe on your belly if you're laying down as well. Oh, nice. So like it, yeah. just, it just it, you can just use it wherever you want compared yeah. to the old one where it's just you got to balance it pretty much on a broomstick, like trying to do a little juggling 100%. trick. So. Yeah, no, I love the OLED so much. I'm, mm. I'm glad they made it, even though it wasn't the um, the pro everyone was uh, was hoping for. But hoping for so- the pseudo pro. It's um, I love the Joy Cons, the white ones, because they're different, and I don't have them. And that's <laughs> another reason I would buy the OLED. But do they get dirty? Like everything hmm. white, gaming related. Like no. even my, my suitcase, I fly to the airport, is white, and it gets incredibly dirty. Yeah, so- yeah. Do these get dirty? These Joy Cons? No, they don't actually, because um, that's okay. that's one thing on the Switch Lite. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about because all the buttons mm. and the sticks are white, and yeah. they get dirty because they're, they're yeah. rubber and they're the type of rubber that like if you have got dirty thumbs, which yeah, like even if you're like eating you, even, Doritos, yeah. yeah, even if like you have a shower and that, like you know you still got like dead skin and stuff that comes yeah. off as you're having friction among these like inputs, so. You know, you, you you are going to get them dirty. So I'm I'm I don't quite like the. I think it looks nice when it's brand new, but the switch light mm. that does get dirty. But with like the sticks and the buttons being black on the Joy Cons, they don't. Yeah. And like yeah, it doesn't really stain the sort of a uh, glossy plastic on the Joy Cons, which works out well. So no, Sounds it doesn't good. actually. Yeah. What color is your light? Um, I've got a a yellow one, and I've also got the. Uh, the two Pokemon ones they Pokemon. released. Yeah. 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 And they've got different colored um, buttons and uh, sticks. So, yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I um, I think that's as, as far as the, the sales go. I guess uh, just an update on Mario Kart and um, Animal Crossing just because they're the big numbers. They're always fun to see what's, yeah. what's happening. So, Mario Kart is mm. now at 46.82 million. So, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a lot. And Animal Crossing New Horizons is uh, number two at... Uh, 39.38 million. So it's gone up. It's gone up by not too much, honestly, a couple of thousand. So it's slowed right down. But the game's not really being supported at all with any content. Like that's all finished. And no. That that was that's a that's a poor decision by Nintendo to let that audience just sit and not um not engage with new content. They they saw the phenomenon. They see the sales. I think they should keep at it to be honest they should keep adding expansions but it is what it is <laughs> the yeah, game wasn't I, the game wasn't built to be uh, maintained like that so i guess they just stick into I, that yeah i honestly don't think they thought it would be as successful as it was i i oh, no, i no. think who did <laughs> no no one predicted what happened that like what literally it happened the same week really globally when the game came out and so um i think if they had known um, maybe they might have been able to provide more resources or I don't know. Maybe they thought what they had for the next, it was about a year and a half, wasn't it, of content they did? Maybe a bit, a bit over a year. Yeah, they had like. Maybe they um, thought that was enough. For, they had oh, free updates. Stuff, but yeah, but, yeah, which were pretty 
standard. Yeah, even that. Ex- I, I didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's that the, the uh, expansion pass that that came out included with Switch Online. They had that, but then mm. they said that was that was it. And I don't know because there's just like I saw so many YouTubers who covered Animal Crossing or went to covering yeah. Animal Crossing. They exploded with this game. So it, it goes to show that yeah. like, you know, this game sold a lot, but the community is still there. And like, um you know, Kato, who I listened to on the Nintendo Drive, she's got 100 million subscribers and her channel exploded because she is an Animal Crossing um, YouTuber. And yeah. I, saw, I saw lots of these these guys just become, become huge because of the thirst for content for this game. Like, you know, it all starts off with island tours and tutorials and just all the content yeah. that can be made with this game. And I... There's like a segment of uh, of that audience that's always screaming for more content at Nintendo Directs and stuff, and yeah. I know it's just it's sort of a bit of a missed opportunity for for um, that type of game because a lot of them are moving on to sort of like whether it's like Stardew Valley, which kept on getting updates, or there's an keeps uh, going, doesn't it? There's yeah. an Australian game called Dinkum on Steam, which is very much like an Animal Crossing okay. uh, sort of. I was gonna say knockoff. It's an animal. It's on Animal Crossing esque simulator kind of type of simulator. Yeah, yeah it's not knockoff because yep. Animal yep. Crossing is by far not the first <laughs> game to do this type of thing. No, uh, but like that's made by one person and they're doing a great job, sort of keeping that yeah. up with early access stuff and giving people stuff to do. So they're just gonna lose that type of gamer, which is important mm. to their ecosystem and what they do. But yeah, it's just one of those games people can keep playing. And so, yeah, you're right. It, it's a massive missed opportunity. Whether they feel um, they'll save everything for the next installment, for the next new Animal Crossing, maybe. Not sure. But I have very, very fond memories of New Horizons coming out to the Switch and having to be in lockdown. We had the game. I was with my partner, Michaela. We were... Um, I got to work, fortunately, um, at home. But we just, like, every day in my lunch break, we just watch the next tutorial from Austin John Plays on, like, new yeah, things. Yeah. We learned about the flowers and how to <laughs> breed them and uh, what uh, when the arts update eventually came, blah, 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 you know, like, what, what you need to do for that. And um, that was crazy. We just, all, you, all we were doing was playing Animal Crossing while we're hiding in our homes. And, uh, you know, while everything around was pretty horrible, what was happening in the world, um, at that time was pretty, oh, I look back at that pretty fondly. Yeah. It's just like, it's yeah. perfect game for that situation. And it was, I'm glad that it came out then. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's all we need to know from the financials. It's always, it's always sort of interesting, but sort of dry at the same time. I dare say you working in finance can, I froth at it. Drew. Yeah. Pull, a, is, pull appreciation it from come, it. Six, it doesn't come soon enough. Um, these <laughs> ones are boring because every six months they have a bit more information on the other games. And yeah, so, yeah. um, the one in three months, I'm keen for Metroid Dread to get to the three million mark because it needs to. Um, mm. oh, it's already the best selling in the series, but I want it to get to that three. Um, I don't think it'll get to four, but um, people listening, please buy Metroid Dread. I'm just going to do my uh call out there. It didn't, it didn't get quite the game. switch bump. Um, we expected no. to be honest. Like, expected to get yeah. to like five or something like pretty comfortably. But I think yeah. a, a lot of the conversation around that game, and not even from uh, say hardcore gamers, which we might interact with on Twitter or stuff, but just with like people in my own area and people that know that I like, like Nintendo. So we talk about Switch stuff. Mm. Uh, people are very reluctant to buy this because it's you know a two D. It isn't two D. It's three D, but it is two D. Um, yeah. As far as gameplay goes, they're very reluctant to spend eighty bucks on it because of that, and I disagree with that. I don't think it's it loses value because it's not like 
a 3D open world game. I don't think every game has to be that. And I don't think every game yeah. should be that. But I think a lot of people felt like it, it wasn't worth like the full a bias, asking price. Yeah. yeah. So definitely a bias. And I think, it, I think it's a little bit unfair because does that mean developers can't make that type of game if they want like a full profit? Like they can't put all of their resources into that type of game? It's a little bit... It's Maybe it's just why indie developers do it because they can, you know, they can't do the big 3D ones, and so yeah. they, you know, resigned to do the 2D ones, um, and created that that niche. So, because I'll just mm. I'll just say to anyone that thinks that way, which is fine, because like 80 bucks here in Australia, it's a, it's a lot of money to spend on that, and at at the time, like there's a lot of stuff to buy on Switch, so you got to make your money work for you and play what you enjoy. But saying that a game like Metroid Dread can't be full price, that just says to Nintendo, we have to make an open world game or something big for you to spend that much money. And you don't really want it to be that all the time. And sometimes you might get duds like Mario strikers where they just, they, they kind of take a, a lend of you, to be honest, take a lend mm. of um, your fandom and your money. But at the same time, they, you know, they outsource uh, Metroid dread to Mercury steam and they made a really quite wonderful um, classic Metroid game. And I think it was like honestly worth 80 bucks. Oh, it was. It's yeah. As as a Metroid fan, it's it's mm. so well made. Um, as a lover of Metroidvanias, it's 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 up there as one of my all time favorites. Um, and, and Mercury Steam have just absolutely mastered the genre now, and I, I want them doing all the future two D Metroids. Um, whatever happens next, but I, I do think when Prime Four comes out, um, it, it people will buy more copies of it. I think too. I think, too. I think so too. Yeah, like it's just going to be the whole three D thing. And it'll sell four to five. Won't be that stigma where it's like, oh, it's a first person shooter. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, of course that's yeah. worth it compared to yeah. the, the older mm-hmm. game, which is unfortunate, but you know, yeah. people they'll vote with their wallet and That's right. It Providing it's good, it will sell that well. Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh move on to the last bit of uh tidbit of news here. We've got some stuff from the Pokemon Presents, which uh I I've gotta be honest, Josh, like I'm I'm looking forward to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I've pre-ordered the double pack, so I'm a part of the problem. Um, oh, I missed out on that. Yeah, I, I got in there when EB Games put it up. I think Amazon had yeah. it for a really good price as well. Which um, Yeah, I missed out on that good price. And then I think I saw it normally, and it was more expensive than buying two individual ones through JB or oh, really? EB. Yeah. And so I didn't bother in the end. Then later on, I thought, oh, no, I want to. And then it was too late. Yeah. So my bad. <laughs> so I got the double pack, part of the problem, buying two versions. Um, but... <laughs> It is what it is. But it's probably the Pokemon game I'm least been least excited about in my whole life. And not because I think it looks bad. It's just because I don't know. I think it, it might be a fact that I played the Legends Arceus earlier this year. And it also might be um that I just I just wish Game Freak would take some of um the feedback they got from their previous game and utilize it in this a little bit. But yeah. Just with the the time in between, obviously that's that's gonna be nothing. This game's already been in production mm. for years so it doesn't quite matter but um i'm really intrigued by it like the new pokemon look great i love how the um they basically outlined how the, the the game works with the different stories you can pick a path to go down and you can do any at any time and the gyms work in any order and i thought that was really cool because when we heard open uh open world we sort of assumed like oh we go to the gyms any order we finish the game cool mm. maybe some side quests that'd be good but no there's actually like three main stories to do and um, some will hopefully not be involving in battles and the gym sort of challenge will be very, very battle dominated. 
And I actually really like the sound of that. I think it sounds sounds really interesting how they'll um, implement that. So looking forward to November mm. just for that aspect alone. That has me very interested. Um, but also they've shown off the, the brand new mechanic, which, uh, what is it called? Uh, terrestrial Phenomenon, which is interesting because um, just to put, put it out there, there were a lot of leaks for this game and uh, this presents, made it very apparent that these leaks are 100% real. So be very careful. Yes. This, this leaked. Um, I couldn't help myself. I want to check out a couple of screenshots. So I saw like, you know, at the time, it's just like Pokemon turn into crystals. It's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it's, it seems pretty interesting how they have like different forms and they're not like crazy like Mega Revolutions or even Gigantamax. But like mm. that show like the starters, like um, uh, what's its name? Uh, I forgot their names actually. Coco, Sprigatito. Quaxley. Quaxley. All, all I had in my mind was Ducklet. Ducklet is a different Pokemon. Different one, yes. Yeah. Not even starter, no. But the starters have like their own forms with like um, mm. like flowers popping out their head, water water spurt coming out their head. And it's just like, it seems pretty interesting how they have like different types as well. And you can have rare forms where they'll have different types. That, that, that's intriguing from a collector's aspect, going around getting like different types as well. Mm. Kind of like, um, I guess like, uh, different Pokemon they could possibly have the ability to Gigantamax um, into like a different form compared to just Dynamax. So it's a little bit similar mm. to that, how they have their own sort of rareness to them. And if you find them in a raid battle, you'll be able to do that. And um, I guess it's before I <laughs> yammer on too much, uh, what did you think of the presents? And are you sort of excited for the Generation 9 games? Yeah, um, I'm excited for them. I think... This this feels more different than what Sun and Moon was to Sword and Shield, and so um, mm. I feel like we're getting the proper step. I don't know if like, I was excited for Sword and Shield, but it looked you know it was you know it looked like a slightly more enhanced 3DS version of a game. Yeah. And so with the open world factor here, um, I, I yeah I'm with you. I'm hoping they have a few more Arceus elements added in. I don't know if we know for sure whether they can we can creep up to Pokemon and throw Pokeballs at them. Um, I don't know. No, by by it, what I can gather, be possible. By yeah. what I can gather, just from um, this trailer and leaks and everything that's going on, it seems like it it seemed pretty clear when like a wild Pokemon popped up, it was very much like popping up into a battle, sending yeah. Pokemon, like doing the same thing. Because um, it seems yeah. like. Probably the most unfortunate thing about this is like Legends Arceus was like, let's try something new. It's not a mainline Pokemon game. So mm. let's have some fun with it. Let's see what works. And this game is playing it safe. This was developed pretty much at the same time as Legends Arceus and it's playing it safe. It is Pokemon. But the take on this is that it's open world and the story is out of order. So, um, but like throwing Pokeballs and like leveling up, um, just like outside of battle, like when you're running away from the Pokemon and all of like the quality of life stuff that's gone. Like for example, it like in Legends Arceus, it doesn't ask like, oh, this Pokemon is trying to learn Peck. Would you like to learn Peck? And you go, yes or no. You just, you yeah. just go to your big list and you can swap out moves whenever you want. seems like yeah. that's gone because there's a screenshot going around like it's asking you to like, would you like to change this move? So like a lot of that quality of life stuff, it seems to be gone. So I just want to set expectations for people. This is... This is Pokemon. This is back to what it was in Sword and Shield, yeah. but um, more more open world, which is good and bad in some ways. 
My criticisms of Legends of Arceus was I loved the gameplay and everything, but I missed like all the nitty gritty sort of battle mechanics that was stripped out of it, like abilities and um, just everything that made Pokemon a bit more strategical was more sort of stripped stuff, out, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad it's back, but it it's never like it's never like the ultimate sort of. You wanted the best of both, didn't you? Yeah. You wanted them to make the clear next better step all round mm. and they just haven't quite done that. Yeah, because yeah. Pokemon, it's always um, one step forward, two steps back and it is what it is. It's a little bit unfortunate, but um, yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I'm excited for the open world. I, I enjoyed the wild area in Sword and Shield um, and then they did it again in the uh, DLC for the game. Um, and then obviously Arceus was open area. It wasn't quite fully open world. So this will be a step up from that. So it's, uh, it's it's looking different enough for me. Um, the three different stories, I, I really like that. I think um, that'll be cool to do. You can, you know, for people, like there's some people who don't really care about the story in Pokemon um, and because, you know, they're sometimes they're not that interesting. And so um, people can just focus on the gym badges and sounds like um, if that's all they want to do. Um, and then... You know, for those who want to do everything, you got the option to, and so and doing it in any order is the is the cool bit as well. So yeah, be interested to see. Um, obviously, they'll have to do some sort of, you know, you'll get harder. You know, the, if you do the electric type first versus eighth, it's going to be a different level, isn't it? And so there will be some sort of scalability, I'm sure, to it all. So so it's, it'll be, it's, it sounds it'll be like a different dynamic. Yeah, it sounds like there is no scaling. Like it seems like the gyms will be leveled in a particular order from um, a few reports that we're getting. And it's it also sounds okay. like from the way the Pokemon company worded it on their website as well that like there will be no scaling. And it's interesting too because it's like how how will it work, work the best? Like if you just come across a random gym and like will it be, if they did do scaling, would it be scaled to your party? Would it be scaled to your strongest yeah. Pokemon in your PC? Because... There's some RPGs that have done scaling in the past. Like one of the most famous ones would probably be Final Fantasy VIII where every enemy is scaled to your party and it just encourages you to sort of like not battle anyone. And it would be interesting in like in this, like if you went to a gym and you're like, I, I just want to do something different and you're taking level 10 Pokemon even though you've beaten another seven gyms, you just want something different. Yeah. Will it scale to that? Um, mm. But it sounds like there is no scaling at all, so... Will you yeah. come across a gym? It's like, oh, level seventies, Jesus Christ! But you don't mm. really, you don't really want to have to leave a gym to go and find another one. That doesn't sound that that much fun either. No, so they're giving you the illusion then by the sounds of you can do any gym order you want, but you know mm. if you're going to go to a level fifty gym with level twenty Pokemon, you're not going to win, are you? And so, yeah. um, the options there, but you're probably not going to you know do it. And so, what they do with Sword and Shield was you know in the wild area you could see the really more powerful pokemon but you couldn't touch them could you until you got to a certain um uh, gym badge level that was right wasn't it i think uh, trying to recall yeah yeah because you couldn't just like certain amount like, of gyms. Yeah, cheese it you couldn't cheese it and catch it catch a really high level pokemon and, and play the game that way they sort of uh, um made it not as easy as that which mm. you know kept it in line with previous games more so yeah so it be, might be the same then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, it'd be interesting just how they how they handle it because mm. there's like yeah, there's pros and cons to both ways. I just hope yeah. that if you come across a random town, you see there's a gym, you're like, oh, found a gym, awesome. 
you don't want to go in there and be like, oh, well, I'll find another one. Then then there might be a gym you just don't get around to. You go to it. Oh, there's level 10s here. Oh, if you just smash it, that's no fun either. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you that's want right. it to be like a progressive thing. And that's just um, that just might be a loss for the Pokemon series we get from open world because it's just, you know, a, there is benefits to having linear pro- progression in these games. Yeah. So that just, scale it right. that just yeah. might be something that doesn't work as well. Like there's going to be a lot of other things yeah. like running around the environment, seeing Pokemon we've never seen before, catching them and finding like different storylines and all this type of thing that open worlds bring. But maybe maybe the gyms won't be as engaging because there's just not a linear progression and there's not a great way for them to scale it without it just being generic scaling. But we'll find yeah. out. We'll find out, I dare say. Not long now, three months. Yeah, yeah. not too long at all. It's over. So we got some new Pokemon as well. We got a what's this guy's a Fido, Fido, yeah, little dog made of pastries. Pretty cool. It's a fairy yeah. type. His ability is own tempo. So yeah, pretty cool. I'd like to nibble on his ears actually. Nibble, nibble. Yeah, be cool to see what it evolves into. Very cute looking. We got a Sea Titan, which is probably the weirdest looking one. It's like a is it, is it C Titan? I mispronounced it. If that's the case in my episode. I'm, I might have. What what did what did I, I don't know. <laughs> I did like set a tan or something, but C Titan probably makes more sense. I think it's C Titan. <laughs> it's a uh, Terra Whale Pokemon. To mine. It's an Ice type. Its ability is Thick Fat and Slush Rush. It's probably the weirdest looking one out of the lot. When I saw it, I'm like, mm. what the fuck. <laughs> that's sort of my first yeah, reaction. I, I, yeah, I thought I'm not going to pick that one up, but Oliver liked it, so he'll. He'll be picking that one up. Yeah, that was interesting. Like a lot of these yeah. um, weird Pokemon, like they do grow on me. So like I'm never like, I never judge it straight away because a lot of, even like the weirdest Pokemon, like you might get them on your team because their type advantage works out. That works out well for that particular part of the game. And they, they grow on you and you sort of get over it. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a weird design. Um, we got... Uh, We've got Wooper. I'm just like, what's the name of the region again? I'm trying to... Uh, uh, Paldea. Oh, yeah, Paldea. So we've got the Paldean Wooper. So it's a poison ground type. Its ability poopy is... Po- Wooper. Poopy Wooper. Pooper Wooper. <laughs> Pooper Wooper. Uh, its ability is poison point and water absorb. And uh, it's um, got a bit of different uh, belly pattern. It's got bones coming out of its uh, side of its head instead of those... Uh, other ear things a normal whooper would have. So it's pretty cool. And it, actually, it also showed off like um, the bikes, like using the legendary Pokemon as bikes, mm. which, uh, you know, was another leak that was uh, was sort of shown off in uh, the Pokemon community earlier. So once again, all these leaks are going to be real if you do come across them. Sorry. Um, have you seen like other Pokemon then, like evolutions of starters? Um, I have, I've been keeping out. From the leaks, so I I don't want to know them. I don't want to know the leaks. I I just had a moment of weakness. Do you know that they there? Do you know that the um, I don't think I don't think so. But because okay. I I, it, yeah. I um really like this YouTuber called A Drive. I really like his content. He recently hit a million subscribers, but it seems like his audience just wants to know about the Pokemon leaks because his videos are only Pokemon leaks. So I'm like, all right, yeah. dude, I can't watch your videos until November yeah. apparently. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk to you soon. So every now and again, I see a thumbnail and I'm like, oh, like you know, just like uh, just just really trying to clickbait you. Go, oh my god, look at this. It's like, oh okay, I don't want to know that. 
Yeah, I'll be right. Yeah. He he's pretty good though, because like some YouTubers just put it right in the thumbnail, but his he puts it behind a silhouette and a question mark and all this. It's like just to get your attention type of thing. But yeah. Like, yeah, I don't need to know. Like there's a part That's of right. me that wants to, but the people yeah. who don't. I, I honestly wish they just said like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and just nothing. No information. Don't know if, if it's open world. Don't know the starters, the legendaries. I'll just see you in November. Um, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, never going to happen, is it? Sadly. No. And like, I, I, it can't either. Like, no. They want to sell some games, so fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anything else you'd like to say about Pokemon before we move on to some Red Coin releases? Oh, I mean, the presents was boring overall. I just thought that'd be worth mentioning. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah, just the other stuff before the Violet Scarlet. You know, pretty you know, pretty yeah. standard stuff. Nothing too. Mm. Um, I'm always hoping for something. You know, a weird spin-off game like a pinball. Definitely, or, yeah. Uh, you know, conquest something new like that, but but nothing. Yeah. Sleep, nothing on sleep. But uh, um, you know, we got some uh, updates on Violet and Scarlet, so it's shaping up to be. Good. Yeah. I'm excited for November. Yeah. We can see what the Pokemon company are doing. They're like, look, here's a game you're interested in. But before that, we're going to try and rope you into their our mediocre mobile titles. Um, That's right. Tencent need more money. So yeah. please continue to support Pokemon Unite. I mean, Pokemon Pokemon Go, I enjoyed Pokemon Go. I've fallen off of it because their practices have gone a little bit bleh mm. lately. Just with how yeah, they've I've been. completely fallen off. Yeah. I was, I, like four months ago it was only. So like for like mm. five straight years, I was all over it. And um, Yeah, I was I was yeah. hardcore into Pokemon Go. Spent like yeah. 30 bucks a month type of thing. And I got my, oh, mo- wow. I got my money's worth. Like usually, not every month, like every odd month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I was enjoying it. I played it like every day, got my money's worth. But then they started... Um, taking away like certain bonuses they were doing each day and making it less fun to play the game, making distances a bit shorter. and Yeah, they made it less accessible, didn't they? Yeah. But they that, did introduce things to COVID and then they removed yeah. it after, which was which was sucky. Yeah, because like, the COVID things they introduced, like, they just made the game more fun. Cause, it did. Cause, like, you know, Especially for you, where yeah, you live. In, like rural, like I, yeah. I fell off Pokemon Go for years and years and years because I just could not play it. <laughs> I could not play it oh, here. Yeah, no chance to in yeah. the country. And uh, I went to Melbourne one uh, one day, and I, I'm like, "This is a lot of fun." And I took it home, and a few more poker stops, and a bit of a community popped up in town. So I I got into it more. And when when COVID come, like they sort of made like remote raid passes and all that. And when it comes to like a uh, raid uh, raid hours, so it sounds like it goes from uh, six to seven on Wednesdays. Typically, like sometimes I'd have to leave leave my house and go like sit in my car and like do these raids with people, and it's just it's not ideal. I don't want to spend that time away from my partner. She doesn't play Pokemon Go, so she won't be joining me to do that. But yeah. when it, when it was raid passes, I was like, yeah, it's great. But now it's sort of like it's not as accessible because you used to get a few raid a uh, few free raid passes each each week, so that was great. But now they sort of stripped mm. that back and made the distances um, a bit further away so you can't actually um, do it from as far. And I don't know, they just made it less fun. So I'm like, oh, well, don't worry about it. Mm. But I'd really like to understand why because I just thought that's just a cool thing to keep people playing. So yeah. keep it in that, you know, they've tried to monetize it by the sounds of it. Yeah, no, they just want, they want to see, they want people to go out and mingle so other people can physically see you playing Pokemon Go. And yeah, like okay. it's just, it's a bit like Street Pass. Like it's a good reason to get your 3DS yeah. out there. 
So other people go, well, you got a 3DS. Cool. That was like fun. I'll buy that. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it was it was great doing those community hours on the Wednesday, um, mm. six o'clock in the city. Because I'd finish work and yeah, yeah, great. The legendaries there, and there's just like twenty people. Like we're all like susly, like yeah, you're playing Pokemon Go, and so we're just like <laughs> randomly standing in Rundle Mall. People are looking walking past. I'm just in the corner there. Just don't look at me. I'm just swirling, trying to catch this Lubia or yeah. something. And uh, yeah, of course, so many legendaries doing that. I'm yeah, very so jealous. Much, so much better in the city. So yeah, I know. I'm very jealous. Yeah. Like every now and again when I went up there, I was up there one year for Avcon. And after Avcon, I was by myself. I, I can't remember why I was by myself. Was I up there by myself that year? I think I was. Yeah, I was, went by myself. No. I think a friend went with me one day and the other days I just did my own thing. I filled in the day. I was still in the podcast at the time, so I was doing something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm in the city. I'll play Pokemon Go because I... I didn't have a car, so I was waiting for someone to come pick me up. And I was just, I was running, I was running up and down, um, running all just looking for an Arcanine. I think I saw an Arcanine. I'm like, where's yep. that? So I looked just on, like, looked on Apple Maps. Like, where is it? It's like, there it is. So <laughs> like, you go and track it down. It was so much fun, yeah. But uh, it's yeah, Pokemon Go was like back in the day as well. Um, just just awesome, awesome fun when everyone was playing it. Like. Mm-hmm. 2016 everyone like people like at work just like you know, i never thought would play it were downloading it and uh those like those apps where you could see where the pokemon were located yes. on the stops yeah. um we'd go to a place near um one of adelaide's beaches and so many people would be there and then there would be, it'd be like a massive jatini spot and oh. so <laughs> and so people would be there trying to get there mm. but um there was one pokemon stop on on the beach area um, a Dratini appears, everyone rushes to it, and it's just chaos. I just like 100 people like running towards it. I even saw a bike try to go there on his bicycle, and he fully stacks it on the sand because <laughs> bikes on sand don't work. You know, there's a time and a place. Mm. Um, it's just, just people are crazy for it. So, yeah, um, I know another fond memory like um, Nintendo gaming. My town, very small, about 5,000 people. And Pokemon Go, like at night time, where it was usually dead quiet, there were cars going up and <laughs> like it was like it was the town was still alive and yeah. you could tell people were playing Pokemon Go because you, you open the website and there was like a particular place like oh my god, there's a Volpix. Never saw a Volpix in Pokemon Go before. So yeah, yeah. all these cars are heading out like you know we're all in this uh, <laughs> Facebook group together like there's a Volpix you know at this area and it, oh, there's a convoy going out to this this uh, area we all get out like there it is and uh, it was unreal man like my whole soccer team people that have never owned a Nintendo console or into Pokemon mm. all playing this like it just all playing it, yeah. it blew me away yeah mm. but like in 2022 I think um, I hope they sort of heal what they've done to their community they're sort of they've upset a few people I think <laughs> and like yeah t- and mm, it's not good yeah was, but it seems to be doing really well still. It's um, yeah, no, definitely it's yeah. one of the most profitable games. Isn't um, it? If they make a few changes, I'll be more than happy to go back to it. It's just they made it. I'm not. I'm not even against it. They just sort of made it not that fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just the main problem I have. But oh well, they're going to get to the stage where they've run out of Pokemon as well. Yeah. Actually, um, what did you think of the part when the like they were doing the Pokemon Masters and they sort of like they faked this? They didn't fake me out because I'm like, oh yeah, it's Pokemon Masters, but. I saw like a few reactions from say like channels like kind of funny and that where you know they got they got the character running up the up the mountain and they say red and was like oh my god what is this this is like some awesome side side game but it's like I'm like it's just Pokemon Masters man and it was uh, yeah I I didn't I, it got me 
And so it I got, did. I got, yeah. I'm just like, I got excited. I'm like, this is all just mobile stuff. Like, don't don't yeah. worry about it, guys. <laughs> just yeah, close your I, eyes until they say Scott, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I'm not familiar <laughs> with Masters. And so it got me. And I'm like, oh, it's red. And then, mm. yeah, nothing. And so, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. So, yeah. Oh, well. It's just a tone. It, it, was, it was a standard one. It was nothing special. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's uh, move on to the red coin releases. And um, talk about some games that came out to the eShop this week. Alrighty, so the first game is Hindsight from Annapurna Interactive. And uh, the little uh, blurb on the eShop is, What if the physical objects of everyday life, the possessions we hold close, were actually windows to the past? Peer into a distant memories and unseen futures in Hindsight. From the creator of Prune, Hindsight is a narrative exploration game spanning the entirety of a woman's life from birth to present day as she tries to make all sense of it, relive her childhood home, through uh, sort through personal, oh, let me expand here, sorry, uh, belongings, and step through windows to memorize fro- uh, memories frozen in time. So get that for 20 bucks on the Australian eShop. And I'm, I'm really interested in getting this. I just got a, a few too many games on my plate. But this is on my wish list. Definitely interested in picking this up. Um, just uh, I'm pretty intrigued, actually. Like hindsight, I think we can all sort of relate to just looking back and go, "Oh, I should have done this, should have done that." And so, yeah. just uh, having like that through, you know, someone's whole life. I reckon it's gonna be really interesting. A cool little game mm-hmm. to play on Switch. It's um, I think it's a Switch console exclusive, and it's also on iOS and Android and um, devices like that. But pretty keen to pick this one up. Um, it's Annapurna as well. Exactly. That's why it was at their uh, showcase, actually, um, which I sh- actually sure probably should have brought up on the show, actually. Um, very interesting showcase with some great games. Been playing a lot of the stuff from them with Stray and The Artful Escape. Really a big fan of Annapurna um, in recent recent times. So, yeah. yeah, I'm keen to try this. Have you seen this game at all, Josh? Or? No, never seen it. So it looks like Untitled Goose Game with the graphics. Kind of, so, yeah. Yeah, just that like, yeah. minimal sort of um, cel-shaded look, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, it looks really good. Um, yeah, all, let's let's remind ourselves of all the things we've regretted in our lives. That's, that'll be fun. <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have any you, you want to go through as well or um, did you pick out any games? Uh, I did. I... Um, where did I put the notes? I had them somewhere here. Um, so there's lots, lots of things on sale. I mm. am a particular fan. I would recommend Triple A Clock Platinum Edition. Okay. That is that is two eighty eight. Was sixteen ninety five. All right. So, so people. So what's this all about? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a clock. Just a clock. It's usually seventeen bucks. Jesus Christ! That's a, it's that's a big ch- discount. It's now probably. Only slightly overpriced now at two eighty eight. It's eighty three percent off. I remember on the de- time. I remember on the DSI store there was like a Mario themed clock you could get for a couple of bucks. At the time, very very novel concept downloading yeah. um, software to your DS. Um, but in these days, there's actually I'm going through it now. There's like a lot of different faces you can get digital or different, analog. Very different faces. There's like that's there's, right. There's one looks like a cool little Game Boy art styled game. I don't know how. There's PM and AM time. Um, Jeez it's, it's a fun time. Um, if you want to, you know, if you've got a spare switch like you do, Drew, and want to <laughs> have it <laughs> s- utilize playing it the yeah. time somewhere, um, just be the one to get. 
83% off. Get it while you can. All right. Um, yeah. Next up is a uh, Frogun, which actually looks, it's actually a neat little platformer that caught my eye um, last week when it released. So you get it for 18 bucks. It's a little bit cheaper at the moment than um, just a little launch title. And Frogun is an old school platformer with the soul of re- uh, of retro of of the retro era. It had the word split threw me off a bit. Uh, in which your frog shaped grappling hook is your best friend. Join Retta as she adventures across the world of mystical ruins with her title uh, Frogun. Frogun is an old school platform with the soul of the retro retro era, in which your frog shaped gun grappling hook is your best friend. All right, just repeated that. <laughs> Uh, Retro's parents are world-renowned explorers, archaeologists, and inventors that travel all over the world, uncovering the secrets of the past, bringing her uh, with them on in their expeditions. However, in their latest adventure, they decide to leave her at base camp. Um, the Bezelbub ruins are said to be too dangerous. For three whole days she waits, her pride hurt and bored her out of her mind until she realized if they haven't returned yet, something must have happened to them. In a hurry, she grabs her parents' last invention, the Frogun, and heads to the ruins to rescue them and prove that she's capable as them. Jesus Christ. You got a jet going over your head or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I um, I live near the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been great without COVID, with COVID, sorry, but now it's starting to get noisy again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've uh, ruined Redcoin releases <laughs> No, no, no. It's just like, so I just finished, finished. Went, boom, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yep, yeah. I, me at 5.45 in the morning, every morning. So anyway. this game, it looks pretty cool. It's like a bit of an isometric uh, platformer. And like the art style is actually really interesting. It's sort of, it's a harken back to maybe like, even like PlayStation 1 games. Some of like Crash Bandicoot with like a sort of a nice modern take on that type of art style. Very sharp edges, bright and colorful, running around, collecting coins, um, and using that grappling hook to do sort of platforming maneuvers to um, get through the level. Um, I, I looked up, a, I think it was a Game Explain review. I think they, they thought it was awesome, but I think some of the controls as far as the grappling lock-on become an issue in sort of some harder levels. But something I want to I want to check out, it's just, yeah, I've got a lot of my gaming plate. So, I don't know. This is, is it on sale? At release, or is it? Yeah, uh, it's twenty percent off, so it's uh four dollars yeah. fifty cents off. So not a bad pickup if you're in the mood for a platformer. You want to support yeah, indie well, dev. I think this is a seems yeah. like a pretty interesting game. Um, did you have another one, Josh? Um, I is it just new releases, or we can be anything on sale? Oh, it can be whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. Um, We've got no rules here. Oh, thank you. That's good. Let me uh, change the. I mean, method of the topic. We brought uh, up a few uh, hentai games the other the other week that came to Switch. <laughs> you got Fire Emblem. You don't need them now. Um, Damn straight. I saw on the eShop uh, Bioshock the collection. That's eighty percent off now. So oh, that's, that's cheap. super cheap. Oh god, it's seventeen ninety nine. So for all three games, um, that's cheap. So if you're going to get on the Switch, now's the time. Um, I have great memories of playing that uh, when it first came out. The first Bioshock. At 2 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday night, and absolutely crapping my pants at the just just how scary it was. I was probably 12, 13 playing this game. Um, Love the second one. The third one's all right. So mm. um, for for 18 bucks for three games, that is like three good games bargain. 
Yeah. The, would, would recommend. Bioshock is a massive pile of shame game for me. Um, my th- oh, really? Never yeah. touched it. No, I've touched it. My first uh, my first non-Nintendo console was an Xbox 360, and Bioshock was one of the ones I really wanted to play. But I did not have a HD TV. I had like a small hand-me-down TV from my, my granddad's place. I can't remember how big it was, but it wasn't very big. And um, playing those those era games would have made for HD TVs and SD. I couldn't read the text. I honestly couldn't. I couldn't see. I couldn't play it. Yeah, <laughs> it was unplayable. It's so, hard. so I I never I never played much more than two hours, and I never really Dang. got never really got back to it. But yeah. I bought it. I bought it on Switch. It, like Bioshock, it's been on sale quite a bit on Switch. So mm. I picked up um, Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite, and um, I definitely they are games like top of my backlog that I want to go back and play. I've got them downloaded on my Switch. So, yeah, I definitely want to get these played. I've actually, I've got them on, I've got them on PlayStation, Switch, and PC, actually. Because <laughs> PlayStation, it was on PlayStation Plus, which I got it for like you know, $13 for like each game. Is it on Plus, is it? Or like the Deluxe or? Yeah, sorry, PlayStation. Extra. No, what was it? It was, it was on PlayStation Plus at one point. Like just the like game of the month or something. Yeah, game of the month, and I think it's on. Yep. I think it's on extra. I think it's on extra. Okay. The collection. Oh no, it's deluxe because that that's. I feel te- it's deluxe. It's, yeah. it's technically a retro game because it's a PS3 game. Technically, yeah. technically, as far as yeah, as far as those uh, things go. But yeah, I've got a lot of places to play it. I just got to play it. But just just do it. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking like it was. A, it's a little bit different to a lot of the games I want to play, which are a lot of like RPGs. So it might be mm. a good game to sort of put in between. Yeah. It's got a bit of the RPG mechanic to it. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's leveling up. But yeah, I get what you mean. It's predominantly a first person. It's not turn-based and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, playing it for the first time. Oh, I, I envy you. It's it's just a yeah, very I think, experience. Um, I think so, a lot of people yeah. are like, yeah. what I listen, talk about it, be like, oh, I wish I could just relive that. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I can relive it. Got to relive it for the first time. And um, yeah, that was a great pick, Josh. Um, I've got a pick, which I don't know much about, but it looks interesting to me. It looks a little little bit similar to to Hindsight. The game is uh, South of the Circle. Get it for $17.55, 10% off. And the little blurb says on the eShop, embrace a virtually impactful and compelling narrative experience featuring a cinematic story about true love and the desire to keep our promises. South of the Circle is an emotion, uh, emotion. I think this just repeats it, but sorry. <laughs> South of the Circle is an emotional narrative experience with a deep, multi-layered cinematic story. The main plot asks questions about the consequences of life choices, uh, pursuing either career or love, uh, maneuvering between now and the past. You play Peter, a Cambridge uh, academic who crash lands in Cold War Antarctica as he searches for help. His past unwinds before him, revealing how the pressures of power in his own aspirations have led him uh, into the crisis he uh, must uh, somehow escape. A love story between him and the fellow academic Clara develops, and Peter learns the weight of all things he promised, like memories from childhood to some promises stay with us forever. So, yeah, I don't know. Just reading that made me even more interested in it, to be honest. Yeah, it looks great. It's um, I'm very interested in this now. Thank you for bringing my attention to it. Okay, 
be good to wonderful with Michaela, I think. Yeah. Like I, I just like I love these experiences which they don't take your whole week. They don't take super long mm. to get through. But I think a, a lot of them just um really leave leave you with a just like a, a feeling of impact. Especially since like when you're making the decisions yourself, it sort of just resonates a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's published by yeah. uh, Eleven Bit Studios as well, which is a name I haven't heard of before, but seems interesting. So I haven't played it, but it's just from checking it out, looks looks interesting. So yeah, yeah, it's um twenty four percent off as well if you've downloaded Beat Cop and Children of Mortar as well. So oh, interesting discount. I think so I must have be other games. By the I have Children of Mortar. I think. Do you? Okay, so twenty four percent off for you then instead of ten. Nice, very nice. You have to get it now. Oh, I'm obliged to. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. You can. I'll, I'll keep the show going. Oh, all right. I'll see you. No. <laughs> yeah. So, was there another one you'd like to point out before we uh, wrap this up, Josh? Or? Um, that was the main stuff. I I'm scared to keep looking because um, the more I look, the more other games I buy, and then I'll never play yeah. them. Yeah. So I'm always. Because uh, I think that's the main problem. Like. Yeah. On on the sh- I like just keeping up with the eShop, seeing what's coming out because there's a lot of great mm. stuff. Like for example, just with hindsight, Frogun and uh, South of the Circle, I think some really interesting looking releases. But just with the amount of crap that comes out each week, it's hard to see see them. And I think like um for me yeah. for me where I obviously I check the eShop and just check out what's going on. But um, Vooks.net does a great job of compiling these each week. So go and check them out, support them. Um, yeah, check out books.net and um, go to their, their articles with a Nintendo download updates and they do a fan cho- fantastic job of maybe like highlighting a couple of titles and um, just showing you the crap as well. Like just going through the list like hentai. Why is there a hentai game? There's more yeah. hentai games on Switch than you'd like to like to know. Like there's – and they just pop up and like why? <laughs> and yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I thought of one. Um, uh, right. It doesn't come out this week, but it comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, this is an Adelaide made game that is coming to the switch. Mm. So, um, uh, our good friend, Alex Harding, um, from Indie XP has, uh, given us, I think he gave you a code, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been, I've played a little bit of this and so not a lot, but, um, it's a platformer um, with lots of little levels. They take like 20 seconds to complete, maybe a minute if you want to collect everything. Um, and I'm really enjoying it actually. So um, very early in and I can tell it's going to get hard because <laughs> um, there's so many levels. It's going to get to a stage where it's just going to be so many, so many things to uh, to avoid and dodge. Um, but yeah, not out for another couple of weeks, but um, yeah. Please check that out, anyone. Else I, I haven't fired it up yet, but it seems very Meat Boy-esque and I love Super yeah. Meat Boy. So, yeah, yeah I'm, keen, I'm keen to give it a go. I'll, my my aim is to, like, you know, get through get through it and talk about it when it releases pretty much. So yeah. I'm keen for that, especially, like, up, I think um, Alex does a great job of, like, highlighting local talent. And, like, for me, living a bit out of Adelaide, it's a little bit hard to keep up with it all. But whenever I go to Avcon... They have a section there called the um, Indie Games Room and there's just so many talented, passionate people on our doorstep, which uh, is awesome to see. And we, I haven't yeah. personally been able to, you know, go and talk to those types of people for like three years at this point, which is a little bit sad. Yep. But, um, a little while, yeah. Yeah. So like seeing like stuff like Riot coming 
out of Adelaide's just um, it's awesome. So I can't wait to mm. give it a bit more of a go when I've got my good D-pad on my 8-bit Doe controller ready to go. Away you go, yeah. yeah. So you're right from Pond Games, so Adelaide developer. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. I'll, I'll be sure to talk about that on the show a bit later on as well. Later on, yep. Yeah. So... I think that I think that brings to the end of the show, Josh. It's a nice long one. Thank you very much for Has joining it been long us. Enough? Oh, my pleasure. Um, this was good. Had a had a good time as always. Whenever I'm on the show with you, Drew. Had a good time in the house, Mario. Not uh, well, hospi- hos- hospitable enough for you. Yeah, this is the pure stuff. Um, so I'm um, I'm hooked to this. So Drew, um, give me the main stuff going forward. But no, no, <laughs> I, um, I've loved being with you on the Encore and then our monthly uh, Patreon exclusive heaps good as well. So no, just enjoying collaborating with you, Drew. Yeah, it's always a great uh, opportunity yeah. to have a chat with you. And was it Monday night? Got you for two and a half hours. You're like, fucking hell, how long do I have to talk to this chump for? No, no, no. This is, uh, no, I chose this life. I, <laughs> I chose this life. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. Yeah, embrace it, my friend. So, you know, people have been listening for a long time at this point, two and a half hours, Jesus Christ. But they like Josh. They like, they want more of him. They want to know where they can go and check out his podcast, Nintendvania, and all of that stuff. Another South Australian Nintendo podcast to add to your repertoire. So, Josh, where can they find that? And what do you typically talk about on Nintendvania? Yeah, so Nintendvania is very similar to your show. Um, I do it fortnightly, so not as frequently. Um, yeah, talk about all the latest news, what we're playing, um, topical things every now and then. Um, I'm on all good streaming services for your your music, so Spotify, uh, Apple Music, and so forth. Um, just had uh, Oliver Brandt from Vux um, on my latest episode. He's the deputy editor of the website. Um, and, yeah, it's just talked about his big review of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And so... Um, a lot of work goes into reviewing games, but uh, JRPG as well brings extra time constraints and sort of, mm. yeah, we just sort of talked about uh, what's required to do those sorts of reviews um, and just uh, just sort of the general landscape to sort of write reviews and publish them for gaming um, in Australia as well. So feel free to check it out. Um, any support, most appreciated. Again, thanks for having me, Drew. Yeah, no worries. And I listened to the episode today, very interesting and um It'd be a nightmare um, being on a time constraint trying to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> oh, I'd be crazy. Luckily, he said uh, he got given plenty of time, but uh, there's been definitely occasions where that's not the case and uh, you've got to weigh up uh, sleep or <laughs> playing a game to review it in time. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll stick to podcasting, I think. Yeah. Oh, that no, gives me anxiety to think about it. Everybody, yep. thank you very much for listening to episode 230 of The House of Mario. Be sure to go and check out Nintendvania, even if it's just a favor for old Drewy. Go and check out Nintendvania, please. Oh, thank you. Just yeah. go and check it out. That's all you need to know. But until Stop next it, time, guys, the doors to The House of Mario, they're closed. Get out of here, Josh. Time to go home. Yep, yep. bedtime. <laughs>
help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.